0: Jeez,
1: she felt funny. Francis, you really should see somebody.
0: Lights, camera, action. Welcome to Happy Hour Films. My name is Ross Bacon. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? All right, this is a podcast, as you know, where we crack open a beer and we talk about some movies. This month, our theme is Bad, Better, and Best. And tonight, we are going with the legendary Jack Nicholson. We'll be talking about The Bucket List. Batman 1989 and The Shining and tonight with us we have one of my best friends and the godfather of my daughter uh, Steve. How are you buddy? Good evening. All right now everybody's here we're all ready why don't we get into what we're discussing or what we're drinking so right off the bat with our guest Steve what's in your last what do you got? Well
2: deviating from, uh, from typical podcast policy by drinking <laughs> uh, Jack's personal choice in his uh, first nominated movie, Easy Rider, of uh, Jim Beam Repeal Batch. There you go. So hopefully, it's made in the same fashion as it was when he uh, when he knocked it back and cheered his old D.H. Uh, Lawrence.
0: Yeah, it looks I like a, a
1: big fan of bourbon. So.
0: That's a good one. Yeah, it's got the emblem of excellence and everything yeah, on non-chill, it. You know? Non chill filtered.
2: The, the post prohibition. So you
1: come yeah. the uh,
2: old school. It's 86 proof. Yeah, it's, it's. That extra six proof really hits. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, you know. It's, you really do taste It's delicious. It.
2: Oh, yeah. I yeah, no, like <laughs> what uh, you drinking. Big bourbon is
1: always, always nice. That's true.
0: Yeah.
2: I also have Jack Daniels, too, uh, as his uh, choice with Lloyd the Bartender and The Infamous.
1: Of
0: course. The, Shining. the now, movie we'll be talking about Jack last. Jack
1: Daniels, though, is if you're drinking whiskey straight up, I think Jack Daniels is one of the harshest whiskeys you could go with.
2: Well, you should say that, because I got also their Legacy Edition, which in a similar fashion, 86 Proof, and I was like... The Jim Beam one, excellent. The Jack Daniels one, pretty awful. <laughs> so, uh, as, as being mixed with Coca-Cola, I'll uh, let me kill Mr. Right.
0: Uh, I'm so only the latter portion of, of the
2: podcast.
1: I'm a fan of mis- mixing my whiskey with uh, ginger ale.
0: Nice. Jack and ginger?
1: Yep. I feel like it harms your stomach while fixing your stomach.
0: Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, my, yeah, Carol likes that, too. It
2: cancels each
1: other out,
0: yeah. Right. Uh, what do you got over there, Mike?
1: All right, I am drinking... Poppy Pills from Glastown Brewery. Okay. Uh, it's a Pilsner, which is a type of lager, 4.8% alcohol, not the strongest beer. Uh, drinking it so far, it's sort of like a flavorable Bud Light. You can drink a ton of them.
0: Right. Like yeah. I'm
1: planning on going through all four of the tall boys in this episode. Right. And I went with Poppy Pills because A, he. Uh, in The Shining, well, actually, in Doctor, Sh- Doctor Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining, Jack Torrance calls alcohol medicine.
0: That's true. That's right. And we got Daniels the, in
1: particular. the Yeah. And then B, his evil plan in Batman 1989 involves giving people a drug that makes them laugh themselves to death. So happy pills. <laughs> yeah,
2: there you
0: go. That works. Yeah, I went with, uh, I have Old Brew Eyes, which is from. <laughs> Departed Souls Brewery in um, Jersey City. Departed. Yeah, the departed, the departed Soulsbury, and um, it's an India Pale Ale. It's six point four, so it's a little stronger than what I'm used, what I usually drink on here. But uh, obviously, departed, the departed Jack was, you know, Frank Costello in that. But it's also Departed Souls, which, if you're looking at The Shining,
1: oh, he yeah. is
0: in that movie. You know, he is and one of the departed. That
1: old. That's what yeah. Jack Nicholson is.
0: Yeah, and the, um, the, the little crooner on the cover, on the uh, label here, kind of looks like a guy that would be singing in the gold room in The Shining. Mm-hmm. Like at the little party, at that party that they have. But he's, he's more of a cartoon Frank Sinatra. But there's also a little dog, so I guess, what, what was that movie where he has the dog? As Good As he Gets. As Good As It Gets. Yeah, so that kind, of, that kind of links in in a very, you know, long walk to get there, but it works.
1: One more we didn't bring up that yeah. Jack Nicholson – is a jersey guy he was born in new jersey oh we were
0: gonna i was gonna bring it up when we first started talking to him yeah he's from uh well i guess we'll just get right into it he's the pride of neptune city new jersey which is well actually no i'm
1: gonna say he's neptune's second favorite son danny devito's from neptune as well
0: ah yeah yeah that's that's a tough that's a tough shot right there which one are you gonna pick i i don't know you're gonna pick danny as a
1: person actually they're both pretty much great as a person i know
0: i might have to go with danny
1: Danny I would say Danny is New Jersey's favorite son Jack Nicholson's number two and Bruce Willis is like the one that we don't want to acknowledge well Bruce <laughs> the, the thing with Bruce Willis was he's born in Germany
0: was he really I thought he was just like you know what is it it's not Pittman it's um he was uh Pensgrove Pensgrove that's it yeah yeah oh Willis yeah yeah, yeah.
1: He, he grew up old? in Pensgrove and I'm pretty sure he was born in Europe
0: hey good boy what are you saying Sid?
1: Oh, saying. So, uh, well, Nicholson was born in Neptune,
2: but raised in Manasquan. That's right.
1: And that's uh, a. Yeah. And Danny DeVito was also born in Neptune, and I think raised in Asbury Park. Right. I
0: mean, it's it's all in the general it's area.
1: People in our cat in our area, you were either born in Camden or Voorhees.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And for Pretty us, it, for us, <laughs> it was Willingboro. Yeah. <laughs> Willingboro, Mount Holly. That's what it was. But uh, yeah, pride in Neptune City, which is in Monmouth County, which. Mike, you probably had what a course in college about that.
1: <laughs> I, I actually, uh, one of my jobs at school was I was a math tutor at Neptune Middle School. Oh,
0: very nice. Did they have like Jack's picture on the wall, like you know, like, like the picture from The Shining, just above the board?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pre-pre-graduate, right? Funny,
0: <laughs> yeah, did you did they have to have did they have to pass like Jack Nicholson one on one?
1: They they actually had courses on Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito.
0: That would be amazing. I would love to go to school. Like if, I, if I'm a parent, like if my daughter, if Robin went to school and came back and was like, what'd you learn in school today? Oh, I learned about Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito. Great. Yeah. That's go for it. I love it. I'm all for it. Let's That's do our homework. the
1: most valuable day of school you will ever have.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, so he's, and speaking of that, he's also in the New Jersey hall of fame and he's also in the California hall of fame. So, you know, both coasts, he's in the Hall of Fame for um, his various states that he's been in. You know, obviously became I mean, most famous an in the left great coast.
1: Acting, so oh,
2: yeah, I don't think he's been back to Jersey since like '59. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. I wonder if like he probably filmed like a movie in New York that was probably as close as yeah, he got. Exactly. <laughs> he ended up in New
2: right?
0: Yeah, he flew. Yeah, he crossed over in Newark or Philly probably. But uh, yeah, he's had a sixty-year career. He's got 12 Academy Award nominations, which is the most nominated male Academy Award actor in Academy history. And he's really? got. I thought,
1: yeah. Well, are you talking about actors? Nominated
0: actors. male. Nominated male.
1: Actor. I thought
2: it was Roberto Bean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Benigni.
0: Yeah, Benigni in Life is Beautiful. He, yeah, okay. he got them all in that one award ceremony.
1: <laughs> Daniel, Day, Daniel Day Lewis might have the most wins.
0: He's tied with them, he's got okay. three. He's got three, and Nicholson's got three as well. There's somebody else that has three too, and I, I can't remember who it is. I didn't happen to write that one down, but yeah, he's um because he, Jack's three are for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and as good as it gets for Best um, Lead Actor, and then supporting the way, us in terms so of endearment. If
1: you're he this was by far the hardest actor to pick a best movie yeah. for.
0: Yeah, I think so I
1: think we picked like six good choices for best.
0: Right. right. We we picked a great, I think we picked great talking movies for better and best. Yeah. Bad, I threw a bucket list because it's the fucking bucket list. I mean, it's a movie where it's nothing but schmaltzy crap. And we, yeah. we can get more into it in a minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll,
2: we'll get into it. But my, my, I, ch- I kind of chimed in when I came over this evening. Yeah. I was like, it's really not bad. It's, real, it's not just, a terrible movie. Like I didn't I didn't hate it as much as
0: I thought I would. It's I
2: mean, and to a to a generation, I mean not to us, I think so much, but certainly to like the late silent early boomers.
1: They love that movie.
2: I mean, like the comments oh, yeah. and the reviews
1: are like gushing. So it I think it's on the same level as movies like Last Vegas or Going Out and or Going in Style.
0: Both Morgan Freeman movies, yeah. aren't they? Yes, yeah. they are
1: both. <laughs> But it it, it's both <laughs> movies that they filled with a bunch of long careered older actors. That it's like, oh, we're old now. Let's do something fun, kind of.
0: Right. Yeah, and this that movie, I mean, we might as well just get right into it because it's the bad. It's the first one we'll talk about. So it's Bucket List, two thousand seven, directed by Rob Reiner, who is you know this is Spinal Tab, Stand by Me, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, A Few Good Men, North, and others. <laughs> and Jack Nicholson plays Edward Cole, who is a wealthy billionaire uh healthcare hospital magnate and essentially what it boils down to is he and Morgan Freeman both have cancer both are going to die and they decide to come up with a list of things to do before they finally kick the bucket which is the titular bucket in the bucket list so yeah I this is essentially his last role before retiring apparently he had we had one other movie and it was called what how do you know is what it's called
1: and he retired because he couldn't remember the lines anymore.
0: Right. Well, he's he's kind of getting, I think it's a little bit of a dementia thing. It's like he he kind of saw it coming and called it. Called it at the right time. You don't want to see somebody like Jack Nicholson, you know, struggling.
2: <laughs> Technically, he also has a cameo in the Joaquin Phoenix's I'm Still Here. Is he, also, he actually in it or is yeah, he like on the TV or it, something? It's No, there's a little caption at the bottom where he meets and hugs Wilkeen and uh, Joker meeting Joker.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. And, yeah, there you yeah, go.
1: Technically, that might be. We will definitely be getting into uh, the Joker battle when we get to Batman mm-hmm.
0: 1989. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll discuss that.
1: But yeah, I, I, I that might be the longest movie we talk about this week. I think, I, I think he really left it all up on
2: screen when he hit on Jennifer Lawrence when she was being interviewed uh, <laughs> at the Oscar. <laughs> that's how that's I prefer to, to remember him going. On.
0: Right. If are going to go out, go out on, on time, right? Right.
1: right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I. I, it to I think, yeah, he's so freaking funny as a person. He's just great. He's he really is.
0: He's he's. It's like we've like the theme that we've had for all of our movies and all of our themes. Everybody we pick so far has been great and awesome. But Jack Nicholson is on. He's one of those guys that's on a different level. Like I, he's, he's legendary. He's,
1: probably, he's the greatest of the actors we've talked about so. Far. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: He's just amazing. And the roles that we pick, even in the bucket list. He's, he seems to kind of come across as playing Jack Nicholson, but it's still a great, a good performance from him because yeah. he's putting the effort out, you know? When and he's I'll, going through chemo. I would
1: say that The Shining is probably overall the best movie we've talked about so far. There's a couple yeah. that are. I would
0: say that or Batman 89, but that's my personal bias. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, wait, well, Ricochet.
2: Right,
0: I think, well, <laughs> I forgot about yeah, Ricochet. Yeah, Ricochet, absolutely. I'm sorry, do you, <laughs> you,
1: do you
2: guys discuss Salt during your last Angelina. A Disney little podcast? bit, a um,
1: little bit. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Just respect. And right. we're being serious, I would throw Goodwill Hunting somewhere up there for the best movies we've talked about, but.
0: It's good, yeah. I mean, if we're going to get into Matt Damon, you know. Movies, I would say The Departed. Throw that in there, you know. Yeah. So you get Jack in there as well. Uh, yeah. I, keep, I keep mispronouncing it. It's The Departed. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I promise. Yeah, I apologize.
1: <laughs> well, we get, we we have plans coming up where The Departed will likely be a movie we talk about.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that you. Uh,
1: the really, the Departed. So there. Sorry, The Departed.
0: The Departed. Yeah, we have to get it right. You. The Departed. <laughs> but um, yeah, this this movie, there's. There's, there's so many, there's a couple, like, deliveries that Nicholson has, especially the one I noted was, um, gee, Kyle, I never looked at it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but just so, that line.
1: <laughs> he's, basically, this entire movie, I want to be like, it's just Jack Nicholson being fed up with everything, and he just wants to be as, like, sarcastic version of himself right. as possible.
0: Right. Yeah. The, and one of my
1: favorite parts of this movie is, uh, jack nicholson's relation with his assistant thomas
0: with sean hayes yeah, <laughs> yeah. With yeah. Sean hayes. it's pretty great that, yeah. that's
1: probably the shot that's the best part of this movie in my opinion yeah
0: and obviously since we've already gotten into it spoiler alert like we always say for all of the movies that we're talking about and all the movies that happen to come up as well we get full spoilers if you're listening to this and haven't seen any jack nicholson movies guess what we're talking about most of them so and you're just gonna have to be prepared in
1: the bucket list morgan freeman dies yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, they both die shockingly.
1: Well, I, I would have appreciated a spoiler alert, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fun fact we didn't make Steve watch these movies. He's yeah. just here to talk about a blind. <laughs> I'm
2: just
1: reading off IMDb five minutes before. Right. No, no, that's not He's true. He's
0: scanning Wikipedia okay. right now to try to figure out what we're talking right. about.
1: It's not, there's <laughs> a very good monologue. Some of the lines in this movie are just awkwardly written, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm I'll,
2: I'll 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 be the uh, the defender of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I thought that it wasn't why. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna gush about it like uh, probably my folks do. Yeah, like it really resonates with, with my folks. For example, they'd always told me, "Did you see the bucket list?" Like before even this podcast, and I was like, "Yeah, subject matter didn't really appeal to me." Right. But um, now I think it's delivered well. I like the scene where he does the eulogy. I like the um, mm-hmm. there's a really good scene um, when they're in the pyramids where he talks about. Why he has a bad relationship with his daughter, and it's right. not what you think. Right. So no, I think there's some, I think there's definitely a, a, a tier above like Las Vegas or um, what's that movie with uh, Stallone where he boxes against Antonio Banderas or whatever. Like you oh. are saying, there there is this whole like new that? genre. I think I think it's like kind of like odd couple movies where it's like old head actors that are trying it's to. It's
1: almost like, uh, like the nineties, the early nineties had the childrens playing sports movies. Right, have yeah. the old actors that doing old and people and not dying movies.
0: Yeah, right. it's like Las Vegas. It's bucket. It all and it all revolves around these guys ostensibly trying to do things for the last time in it's their life.
2: It's not even right. like a midlife crisis. It's like a, yeah. it's like an end of life crisis.
0: Right. It's just yeah. Let's figure it's out really, what we can really do before we
1: A Mortality type of thing. Right. 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 And
0: I mean, it's natural because Rob Reiner's up there with him too. Like that's yeah. he's. Is and, he still alive? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, oh. he's still alive.
1: <laughs> hey, I can always thank that man for The Princess Bride, which is my favorite movie of all time.
0: And I love This as Final Tap. Like, I absolutely love that yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to look at a terrible movie, we can talk about North for a while and why Elijah Wood shouldn't have had a career after that. <laughs> or Bruce Willis. He's in that shit, too. Don't you dare say the
1: bucket that. With, with the bucket list, <laughs> the bucket list when that. it tries to be, like, when it seems like the writer was trying hard it, you could tell because it it they it did have some good moments
0: yeah and the the writer was this guy Justin Zackham, whoever the hell that is, so he's he's i'm sure done some things he's on second act with Jennifer Lopez, that must have been a thriller uh okay. yeah, there's all kinds of movies that i I think are all straight to video or just garbage hmm. <laughs> so
1: and one of the other things that So, I imagine Rob Reiner just going to Jack Nicholson at some points and being like, all right, just go out and do what you want.
0: That's what it seems like. It seems like both of them are doing that. It seems like Freeman and Jack are just kind of like palling around, you know, and being buds. But there is a certain way to look at this movie that they formed a late in life um, homosexual relationship and became the best of lovers. That's in the unrated
1: version, that's in the direct.
0: And with (laughs) Morgan Freeman's wife, I would go with that.
1: I'm pretty happy that they saved us from watching the orgy that Jack Nicholson suggests at one point.
0: <laughs> no,
2: well, I hope. Uh, hopefully, there's a reboot. Yeah, that's all I can
0: say. <laughs> that's right. Or we get the director's cut at some no, point.
2: I, I, th- <laughs> I think. I, I wouldn't blame them for doing that. You know, to kind of let them riff. Because I mean, hey, Scorsese did it with, with the Panic. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think I think it and it took it to a, to another to a to a nice level. To a nice level. To a better <laughs> to yeah. I think again, it took it to that second tier. Yeah. And uh and I think the dynamic between the two of them felt natural. You know, I thought I felt that the eulogies like it didn't seem Absolutely. I was cuz I was watching it with an expectation like, "Oh, yeah, this is going to suck." Yeah. No. I was I was pleasantly surprised. And I thought it had a good mess. Again, I'm not I wouldn't encourage anybody, anybody that wanted to get into a, a Jack Nicholson uh marathon or Jack like I'd save this for, you know. Dude, yeah, don't start with it. In the late yeah. middle you know, just yeah. kind of get through.
0: Yeah, don't like to start with this and then do Shining yeah. and Chinatown. like Chinatown. Yeah, don't go in that right. way.
1: <laughs> so it's, I mean, when we say bad, it's sort of bad in terms of Jack Nicholson's career, which has been freaking amazing.
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: I don't
2: even know if it was bad for his career though, man. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it made money and it's still thought of, as I'm saying, like, it's really hard to, uh, we were kind of talking about it. Oh, I guess this is a good time to talk about it is I mean to really try to find the bad in Nicholson's career is like at first I was like well maybe it's Mars Attacks and it's like actually it's, it's a riff on b-movies yeah Nicholson's early career in the 50s in the 60s with Roger Corman were uh-huh. largely b-movie centric um it, Nicholson isn't bad in it like and then I was like well maybe it's something that's got to give and so some people said like the last movie that he made, which is that How Do You Know, which I'm sad to say I didn't get a chance to watch and it's got Paul Rudd and Owen Wilson in it and all that. Right. Lost a hundred million dollars. Yeah. But but even then when you go to watch the reviews of it, everybody's like, I don't know what all these one star reviews are, it's actually great. So I think yeah, he's just that kind of Kobe Bryanty type, like he's never gonna put in a bad performance. Like right. I, I never I
1: never really like. I, I've never actually seen this movie, but uh Someone suggested that the witches of Eastwick should be the bad. I've never yeah, seen – Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought
0: it's, – It's interesting. He yeah. tries to have sex with all three main leads as playing the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but,
2: but there's enough Jack Nicholson – you know, he, he, there's too much charisma that he
1: brings to the table. That if, yeah. not- if you let Jack Nicholson do what he does, then you're not going to get really a bad performance. That's what I'm saying, but yeah, it's like, and,
2: and he really is also the kind of person that like really brings up, brings the material up a notch so that even if you think the story's weak, it's still entertaining to watch him. I mean, I, I think that's, that's what's so cool about him as an actor is that he kind of really bridges that gap better than a lot of actors that come to mind of being both artistically high quality, while also being, you know, terrifically entertaining. You know, normally it's yeah. like, I can appreciate artistically like Citizen Kane, but you know, if I don't have an ambient I can put that right. on. You're exactly. Asleep, right? Exactly. Whereas, you know, I, you're always going to be, uh, you know, you, you know, you're in for, uh, you know, you're in for a good time. When, yeah. When Jack Nicholson's on the bill.
0: And I would say if there is a bad movie that he's done, it's terms of endearment and it's not because of him. I hate that movie so much, but it's not because of Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. It's because of the central story of that movie of Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger. It, it's absolutely terrible. I watched that when I did my big, you know, best picture, best of movies Oscar watch, and that came up because of, somehow it won. But so, I would well, never um, watch it again. But it, did, it wouldn't be because of him.
1: Did you watch the sequel?
0: No, the no. I've Star heard that's is? even worse. So maybe that one.
1: <laughs> so what I what I'm going to say with this movie is I never thought I'd say this. There was too much Morgan Freeman narration for no reason.
0: Right. He's a ghost. He's a ghost when he's narrating. Yeah, but, <laughs>
1: To be fair, is any god?
0: Oh yeah, uh, I didn't yeah. even think about that. Second coming so you're saying that you're saying that the bucket list and Bruce Almighty are in the same universe?
2: Yeah. So well, share, it, because, universe. because didn't he, in in the character's own words, Nicholson's character's own words, he saved my life. Oh, yeah. I, he think died. We, I think we just blew this open. It was the second coming. Oh,
0: he went back home. Is what yes. you're saying? Yeah. Yep. He ascended believe it oh i i don't i don't deny i this movie actually improved now preach because of because of that
1: (laughs) wait now are we saying Bruce Almighty Evan Almighty and the bucket list all take place in the same universe
2: all same universe no lies detected or
1: is Morgan Freeman just god like is that both
0: both it's 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 a documentary. E all
1: of the above.
0: <laughs> These are three documentary movies.
1: <laughs> and now, I, there is too much narration for Morgan Freeman, but if you're going to oversaturate your movie with narration, Morgan Freeman's one of the best choices you could go with. Right.
0: Yeah. And you want to get like that guy. Morgan
1: Freeman, James Earl Jones.
0: Right. Well, oddly enough.
1: That's the list.
0: Yeah, right. That's all you need. Right. Oddly enough, um, Jack Nicholson's won a Grammy for spoken word. Huh. Yeah, he won it for, it was like the Elephant's Shoes or something. Um, I can't remember what it was. But, yeah, he is one. He oh, is I, just, I actually
1: just had, that. that's the what he did right after uh, The Witches of Eastwick, uh, Elephant's Child.
0: That's an Elephant's Child. That's what it was, yeah, it's, it's like narration of like a children's book or something oh, like okay. that. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, I saw that and I was like, wow, okay, because I think Denzel's got one too.
2: Yeah.
0: Because Denzel's got one for like a similar thing. You know, just narrating like a child's movie.
2: Right,
0: but it's yeah. He's Nicholson in this movie. It's there's so much of it because he's you know the billionaire that can do whatever he wants because he's got more money than anybody. Yeah, a lot of it comes across as you know Rob Reiner just happened to be there while Jack Nicholson took Morgan Freeman around the world to do all this bullshit. Cool <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, so, well, I
2: think that's why yeah, John the mo- did the, did the, uh, the right. Movie. He said that too. He's like, "Well, I did it because we were to go to the pyramids," and like he like <laughs> cried during that. It, I can't. I can never watch. Uh, Transformers uh the same way again. Yeah, right. Because, uh,
0: yeah, now that you know that it's it, a it, it's a it, method piece, it, for Jutero. That uh, yeah,
2: that Jesus had a teary-eyed moment when he was trying to film a scene with Meta Metatron.
0: Right. But and there were like robot testicles over the pyramids at right. one point. But,
2: well it's like the movie Couple's Retreat. Like you know all those people did that movie, so they could go to Hawaii for Exactly. It, you know? It's like, like filming an Adam
0: Sandler movie. Right. You know, you're yeah, just, yeah, exactly yeah. Exactly. You're on vacation wherever he wants to take right. his uh, ridiculously uh, out-of-character hot wife.
2: And, and it's, it's sadly still going to make $200 million.
0: Yeah, know? right. So. Got to him. Have, to have his life or Frank Welker's life, you know? Mm-hmm. Sandler is a schlub, and he's worth like $500 million. Mm-hmm. Frank Welker growls into a microphone mm-hmm. and is worth a couple million as well, you know?
1: I, I'm going to throw... A, Jimmy Buffett in there. I'd love Jimmy Buffett's life.
0: But dude, you got to know how to play the guitar the same like three chords over and over again. Yeah, yeah, Margaritaville right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, eventually you have to go insane singing cheeseburger in paradise and then slinging an actual cheeseburger in so, paradise so, at your Margaritaville so, restaurant. Same. <laughs> the
1: way my mom puts it is, he's made a living off of being a bit a beach bum and a mediocre um, singer and guitarist.
0: Dude, if it wasn't for him and Hemingway, Key West wouldn't exist. Yeah.
1: You know, it really wouldn't. Yeah. I, he's he's one hell of a businessman with his restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, his, uh, and, resorts. and his rum and his yeah. margarita. The mix. beer. Is yeah. he Langshark
2: Beer the too? Langshark yeah. Lager. Yeah.
1: He's yeah. sinking. Uh, so, really, food. he's a genius that can kind of sing.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's got he's also got a cameo in Jurassic World, so yeah. he wedged himself yes. into major motion pictures as well. Yeah,
1: he's, like, he's like the, uh, and he's running away with two margaritas. Two margaritas, he's
0: like, like he's the drunk running away from the dinosaur attack, making sure he saves the margaritas that are probably terrible to begin with. He's
1: like the George Lucas of Yacht
2: Rock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if there was if there was ever a crown to have, Seriously. it's the, the George the Lucas. The merchandising
2: of Yacht and, <laughs> and the mediocrity—it's just like it all kind of comes in one. <laughs> you know, stinking Voltron-like format. <laughs> All
0: right, now, what I will say margarita-land branch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the moment in the bucket list, to me, is when Jack Nicholson gets to meet his granddaughter, kisses her on the cheek, and then crosses it out, kiss the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah.
0: Right, yeah, and th- isn't that shortly after he <gasps> finds... <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Isn't that That's shortly the, after the he finds out he's been... eyed moment. Right, he finds out he's been drinking cat shit coffee.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah <that> is... <laughs>
0: So yeah, I've I just had some cat shit coffee, grand new granddaughter I have. Here's a nice kiss on the lips. <laughs> Do you smell the cat shit
1: on me? <laughs> Listen, he's not Tom Brady, kissed her on the cheek.
0: That's true. That is true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we should have a side podcast of inappropriate athletes doing things. <laughs> <You
2: know?
0: laughs> but yeah. This movie it's it's fine. And it's, it's 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 of the three we're talking about, it's clearly the bad category. But It's it's one of those. It's it's not a terrible movie.
2: Yeah, because because, yeah, relative. I mean, relatives to The Shining. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Obviously.
1: Um. Yes. And I'm sure. What I will say is, of the three bads that we've talked about so far in the bad, bad, better, best, this is the most well put together of the three.
0: Are you are you suggesting that Ricochet isn't a masterpiece from beginning to end?
1: You mean or when, Hackers? Or like,
0: Hackers isn't as relevant nowadays as it should be?
1: <laughs> you mean when you see Terry Crews jump up and dunk a basketball and then switch to Denzel Washington?
0: Oh, please. Terry Crews is in less shape than that guy that was dunking. <laughs> it was like Lou no. <laughs> now, what I
1: The other thing I'll say is I thought it was the least entertaining of the three bads we've talked about.
0: It is. there. It was a watch check movie. You know, it was a couple times where I was like, is this over yet? You know, are we done with this?
2: We've got to be in the mood. Movie to watch, I think with any kind of
1: whether it's a romantic
2: comedy, it, here's,
1: the kind of genre you gotta be in the mood for, yeah. yeah. Now, here's what I will say about it. it's so something that, uh, if you go on the IMDb synopsis, it's incredibly short.
0: <laughs> is it Two Old Men Die? Is that what it says? <laughs> is that but what it says? All,
1: I think it's an okay movie, you get some. <laughs> You get some Nicholson just doing what he does and some Morgan Freeman doing what he does. Sorry, I didn't.
0: Yeah, and, so, and uh, yeah, I have it here. Two terminally ill men escape from a cancer ward and head off on a road trip with a wish list of to-dos before they die. That makes it sound like a better movie because they do not escape from this cancer ward. They, they walk
1: out. It's Jack they're done. Nicholson's cancer
2: ward. They're can just...
0: done their chemo, you uh, know, so uh, they I just think, leave.
2: That was in there as like a dog whistle because like, hey, escaped. Isn't that what happened? And one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, watch this! Yeah, oh, all right.
0: And Morgan Freeman's there. It's like Shawshank. Okay, <laughs> it'll be like Shawshank and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. They okay. crossed over.
2: Now we're done. Yeah,
0: but it's not. They just get discharged after successfully com- completing chemotherapy. though, by the way, if I'm ever hospitalized, I want those glasses that Nicholson brings, that Nicholson has when he's watching the Dodger game. Oh, yeah. Got like, the mirrors on him so he can lay <laughs> down flat on his back and still watch the TV that's up in the corner of the room, which apparently Nicholson literally brought from to set because he had a procedure where he couldn't sit up, right? And those were the glasses that he used. <laughs> so okay. those were from his actual life. <laughs> I believe it.
1: Wait, I'm wondering how, So did shooting with? So this was 2007. Right. Departed was 2006. Correct. Did they ever coincide with shooting?
0: I I'm sure that during like a lunch break on the Departed, Scorsese was like, "Jack, you can do whatever you want." He's like, "Well, I got this Rob Reiner movie I got to be in." <laughs> He's like, oh okay." I'll just be over here in the sound stage. <laughs> Most of this movie's green screen anyway. <laughs> so I'll be over there. If you need me, let me know. I can cut whatever I need short. No one gives a shit about the bucket list compared to this. <laughs> I can see like Mark Wahlberg standing off camera, just kind of like watching him, like studying him. <laughs> you know, studying the bucket list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they have a they have a cameo from matt damon this is where he starts his king of the cameo
0: <laughs> right yeah for some reason he plays like an orderly in the hospital or something <laughs> Actually, guy that takes this him skydiving.
1: Trip is where he started his king of the cameo
0: <laughs> that's true yeah yeah like yeah, that would be great if um they have like alec baldwin be like the skydiving instructor in the bucket yeah, list
1: <laughs> one thing this, i have been skydiving and if you think that they let you pull the ripcord that's right. what i was wondering I was
0: wondering, like, that's not a thing, right?
1: No, no, they're, they're no.
2: They're like oh, no, I, on the face oh, of yeah, the game.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like if you're legitimately going skydiving, they don't the tandem skydiving, they don't let the non-professional pull that,
1: right? No, no. I, <laughs> I've gone tandem skydiving. That no, they don't they do not trust you not to kill us both.
0: That's what I that's what I figured. I mean, it's not like we're talking point break here. We're <laughs> like, you know, Patrick Swayze if just has to do did it by, by himself.
1: Like Jack Nicholson did where he ran and forced the jump. They would be very, they're angry about that, too. Oh, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, there's, there seems to be a lot about this movie that probably wouldn't fly. Kind of like how they get to climb, like, ruins in Egypt to be able to talk about, you know, random shit while looking at the pyramids. Yeah. I don't know if that's allowed.
2: was right, yeah, really whole corporate
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is right. He does have more money to throw around than right. anybody, any salt and he's wood, you know. Yeah, it, it,
2: it's absolutely a conceit of the script. Well, yeah, of course, obviously. You know, it, it's still a who, movie. Who can, like, yeah, that that didn't bother me as much. as just, yeah, like, are you in the mood for Schmaltz or
0: not? Yeah, and I, th- I think one of the things that I'm going to take away from the bucket list is my new way to um express disapproval of something. I'm just going to say I passed up lunch with Michelle Pfeiffer for this. I'm just going to say that, like, wherever I go. And, like, if I don't like it, like, I passed up lunch with Michelle Pfeiffer for this, you know, just to get reactions to what people say. It's like, oh, my God. He knows Michelle Pfeiffer? Wow. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> just to say, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> people will be like, wait, because no one's seen the bucket list. Or if they did, I don't think any bucket heads are going to be calling me out on it, you know? <laughs> it's like, whoa, you just quoted my favorite movie,
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I, recently right now, right? I started picking up something <laughs> saying uh, <laughs> that uh, whenever someone's annoying me or something, I just go, I don't have to take this from someone who sucks toes. It doesn't that's right. matter if they suck toes because now everyone thinks they do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Works <laughs> <laughs> 6% of the time works every time. <laughs> all right, so that's probably enough on the bucket list, right?
1: Yeah, I don't really yeah. have too much more to say on it.
0: Yeah, it's still it's bucket list and it got made. Rob Reiner's done better and so have the other actors in it. But, um, all right, so... Steve, we uh, normally at this time between segments we do a check-in with what we're drinking. How's your uh, How's your drink coming along?
2: I'm still uh, yeah making my way with a, a Jim Beam and Coke, zero. Oh, no sugar.
0: Ah, nice. Nice, keep nice. The calves, healthy.
2: Keep the cabs
0: down. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be healthy.
2: Um, but uh, yeah, so far so good. I mean, I think I'll switch gears to you know work on this till so we get to the shining, and then switch over to Jack.
0: Right. Yeah, because it's it's double Jack it's in that my, movie. Yeah,
2: it's my
0: medicine. Jack playing Jack, you know. Oh uh,
1: yeah, Jack, right. playing Jack, Jack playing Jack drinking, Jack
0: playing Jack drinking Jack. Ah, <laughs> All right, how's your beer, Mike?
1: Uh, it's good. I'm just pouring my second Tall Boy now. It's super drinkable. I I feel like I could have like ten of these.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way. Mine's really good. It's really good. I'm about to I'm about to crack open my second one too. But um, yeah, Downtown. yeah, right. Departed Souls, uh, brewed and canned in Jersey City. All right. So, next up.
1: I think my, where is mine from? Glass Town Brewing. I know it's.
0: I thought it was Vineland.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Vineland.
0: Yeah, that's because, oh, that's what it was. I think it was like one of the, our first episodes where you yeah. where you pulled that out. But um, I feel like Amy Adams, we had to figure out where Vineland was for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, all right, so. We're on Batman 89, the better of the, of the three, directed by, obviously, Tim Burton. He plays Jack Napier, a.k.a. The Joker. And if you're not familiar with the concept of this movie, I suggest you stop watching movies forever.
1: <laughs> and anything about the pur- pur-
2: purveyor of this podcast, you should know that this is going to be the lion's share of what we talk about. Right? That's
1: right. I've got my other bear. His daughter is named after Robin, so. Yep. Um, hint, hint.
0: who who actually was going to be in this movie did you know that robin had a storyline
2: no i didn't know that
0: robin had a storyline in this movie not my daughter but the character (laughs) (laughs) i was only seven when this came out
1: baby robin's just strolling through gotham city
0: (laughs) she'd kill it she'd be great like today she had double (laughs) ponytails she was walking around like harley quinn it was nuts
1: uh but I so while The Shining's the best of his performances, obviously, this is my favorite. This is the Jack oh, Nicholson performance of the three. Yeah. The just the scene where they walk into the art museum.
0: Prince's song soundtrack is just blaring. It's mm-hmm. great.
1: Jack nice? Nicholson's walking <laughs> in like a demented, like
0: not uh, this one.
1: <laughs> kind of
0: like, like this one. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so good but yeah just because i mentioned it robin was supposed to have a role in this film and he had they storyboarded it and everything so it was it was like part of the actual movie but then they they scrapped it because the original actor that they asked to play and if you're if you're if you're going to guess every actor in hollywood you're not going to guess who they originally saw for robin Eric it was <laughs> Yes, it was like Back to the Future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they filmed the whole movie with him, and then they cut him all out. <laughs> you no, know, it was Kiefer Sutherland.
2: Really?
0: No Kiefer way. Sutherland. 1989 Kiefer Sutherland was going to wow. be Robin. Wait,
1: that that was, so, like, is that, what, five years older than Stand By Me? Three. Three. Three.
0: But was, uh, By Me. it's two years after Lost Boys. <laughs> so he was only two years older. Yeah, they, but it's like
2: Young Guns, uh.
0: right the best part is the when the whole role was scrapped but also ben affleck auditioned for the role (laughs) in in 88 in 88 ben affleck it would have been his first movie yeah it would have been his first movie was Mallrats
1: his first movie
0: um i it might have been i know days are confusing but no um buffy the the original buffy the vampire slayer was probably his first um was probably his first on-screen role.
2: Was
0: he like an extra or something? He was – he's the guy on the basketball team that um, the newly – I can't think of the uh, character's name, but the newly created vampire dude from Days and Confused uh, takes the ball from. Okay. And he just has this, like, look on his face like, here, man, take it. And that's about it.
2: That's when you knew.
0: Yeah. And that's – yeah, that's where it all shined. That's I think where Matt Damon saw him. was like, you know what? We're going to make a movie together, and we're going to have a career together. The hell of an actor kid. (laughs) That's right. Uh, no. So, no, he had a few, he had a few roles. He was uncredited in Field of Dreams, apparently, as a baseball fan at Fenway Park. So, he was probably just at a game.
2: Oh, Fenway,
0: though. Yeah. But, yeah, so, uncredited basketball player number 10 in Buffy the Vampire Slayer was his first.
2: Oh, no, School Ties.
0: School know. Ties was his big that's first character. Like a, yeah, can you really it. Yeah. You
2: we
0: But, about. it could have been Batman 89 with Michael Keaton as Batman. As Ben Affleck as his sidekick. Mm-hmm. I think we, I think we missed out.
1: I it, really do. Well, I don't know if it's just the <laughs> character or but I feel like every Batman movie that the Joker is in, it's like the Joker's world and everyone else is just living in it.
0: I mean, and that's what it is. That that character is so he's such a larger than life, great, amazing character. That he almost everything almost does take a backseat, yeah. you know, because but, just he's so overpowerful.
1: So I thought that uh, for some reason I thought Jack Nicholson was going to have much. More, after I finished watching, I thought Jack Nicholson had so much more screen time than Michael. He's did. top
0: billed. He's top billed in the movie, over like the ca- title Keaton character.
1: Had, <laughs> I think Mike. I looked it up. Michael Keaton had 15 seconds of more of screen time than Jack Nicholson. <laughs> that but, does
0: that. That makes sense.
1: But he, I. Did not care about Batman nearly as much as I did the Joker in this movie.
0: Of course. Of mm-hmm. course. But the, the, even better is Batman in the first, I guess, well, I guess you'd call it the first, um, the non-Nolan trilogy series, uh, the um, the Burton and or, um, he, oh, he just died. Why can't I think of his name? Um, can't think of his name. Batman Forever, Batman Robin, the director, D- Joel Schumacher. He just died? He just died. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah R.I.P. Joel Schumacher. Oh, yeah. But um
2: pour one out for
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Thanks pour, for
2: ruining the anyway. <laughs>
0: pour out a cosmopolitan for that guy. For the for the about
2: how he lives,
0: Yeah, exactly. Remember him for what he gave us and what he ruined and That's who right. he was, you know. <laughs> he, did, he, did,
2: he did like, pelican brief.
0: Yeah, yeah, he has done some good movies. He did know. do some good movies. I mean, but um right, exactly. But um, yeah, so of those four movies, Batman, for two of them, has been second billing. Because Schwarzenegger got top billing in Batman and Robin. <laughs> so Batman has been the second listed on two of his movies in those four movies. <laughs> and it's odd art and where it is, it's George Clooney, who's obviously one of the biggest stars in the world now. Right. And it's also Michael Keaton, who at the time was the one everybody was like, no, don't make him Batman. Don't that's make him like Batman.
1: Batman <laughs> was, was, it, that's was, right. <laughs> was this before or after Johnny Dangerously?
0: Uh, after. Uh, after. After. Yeah, because he was known as a comedian. He was known as a comedian up to that point. Yeah. Michael, Ke- Michael Keaton, that is.
1: I, if I'm being honest, though, his, he's not super – he has, like, one moment where he seems to show emotion. And that's when the, he confronts the Joker as Bruce Wayne, and he's like, you want to get crazy? And he you want to get nuts? Oh, yeah. Let's get nuts.
2: But uh, no, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I know I'm probably in a smaller camp, and I love everything Christopher Nolan's done, but upon reflection, I have to say, I, I think I might prefer the original Burton Trilogy. I might, I might prefer the original Burt and Batman. I know. The first two? or I'm, 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 Here it comes. i throwing them all. Top hey, the I'll,
0: throw, I'll take Batman Returns over yeah. all three of Nolan's any day. But I love, I just love Batman Returns. Mostly because of Michelle Pfeiffer, though. So, oh, yeah. that's Most my
2: cheap. bias. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Multiple. Now, all artistic.
0: Exactly. But, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I, completely I, professional reasons. I,
2: I, I just, yeah, I really liked how, I, yeah, I, I liked the portrayal of, of both Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mm-hmm. I liked how he kind of just used like the, the still to my to this day. If there's one good thing I we can take out of Batman vs Superman, that that digital record like that, you'd have a digital voice changer. Yeah, to create that. I thought that was that was like an A plus that, idea. That's a great like, idea. The modify so, the modulator. Maybe yeah. the best uh, thing about that movie. I was like,
1: that's so My thing yeah. is, I like both of their Bruce Waynes. Don't like either of their Batmans.
0: Really? Who are we talking about? Are we talking about Keaton and
1: swear um, um, to me? Keaton and Christian Bale.
0: Oh, and Bale, really? Yeah, Bale. Obviously, the Bale voice is what takes over that performance for as Batman.
2: But well, yeah,
0: yeah, they are both like great. Which isn't that
2: offensive in Batman Begins, but then right. gets progressively horrific. It becomes but now with Keaton,
1: with Keaton, With every movement as Batman looks robotic.
0: Well, that's because of the suit. It, it really is. Yeah. That it's not really on him. That's on the suit design. <laughs> Which, obviously, is one, makes one of the jokes in um, Dark Knight even that much better. He's like, oh, you want to turn your head. <laughs> you know, that kind
2: of thing. Right,
1: <laughs> now, he- so with, with Keaton, I can't say anything bad about his role, like I can with the Batman voice. But I of course say- not, because this podcast will be over if you did. But I can't say anything great about his role, either. He's, he's, he's great. I mean, I think he's about, great. About be- Keaton? You saying- Yeah, about Keaton. I, I think he's above average, but I think he's – the. Third best in the room at all times in this movie.
0: Huh. That's a crazy thing. I mean, again, like we've mentioned this before, you said some crazy shit before, but that is up there.
1: All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Nicholson is better.
0: Obviously. Yeah, yeah obviously. Kim, and I mean, let me guess number two is Billy D. Williams?
1: No, I was going to say Kim Bassinger was. Basinger,
0: damn it! Dude, this podcast is basing This Nest of vipers
2: <laughs> out of the
1: city, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's
2: Harvey. Yeah,
1: no, he's Harvey. Billy D. Williams Day. had more character that for the little time he was on screen.
2: Billy
0: D. I I kind of wish at one point that, that that Billy D. would like shell cold, he would like sell Colt forty five, like in one of his yeah. speeches.
1: <laughs> now, what I want to see is a Billy D. Williams as Two Face.
2: Yeah, Billy yeah. D, Harvey Dent movie
0: solo. Almost got it. We would have gotten it in uh what is it, Batman Forever? I think we almost got it. But yeah. some they've like bought out his contract and went the other way. You know, went with um what's the name? Tommy Lily Jones. Yeah. But which is obviously I I think it's fine. The movie that movie is what it is, but I really do I, that would have been interesting to see Billy D play that role. Because oh, yeah. he's never really he's never really done a, a character like that. You know, it
2: was, was really stretches dramatic.
0: Uh, yeah, he's just a cool wins. guy most of the time. He's just a cool dude. Yeah. Like, but, what uh, was that movie he did with Stallone, where he was um, Billy Dee? There were cops. Um, it's like Shadow Hawks or something like that. It's it's on Netflix. It's I'm a bad movie
1: right now. So
0: yeah, look up Billy Dee's movie with um. I'm looking it up too. It's with um. Sylvester what, what,
1: what year were you around? Would you think?
0: 80s? It's in the 80s. Okay. Um, with Stallone. Wentz alone. Yeah, we just watched it. It was um, it's like Shadow Hawks or Shadow Puppets or I don't know something like that. But they're they're cops that um that are like you know those they're like the uh, the get it done by all costs kind of cops. Um, they're they're very you know um, shit. I'm trying to think of the damn name. Nighthawks is what it's called. Nighthawks. Wow, I don't
2: even know. About I, I just it's on Netflix. Right? I randomly saw it on Netflix. One, yeah.
0: Yeah, Actually, randomly saw it on Netflix. It's, Rucker it's,
2: Howard too. Except, you know,
0: that's yeah. it. Rucker Howard is the is the villain in that. Okay. And they have to try to take him down because he's gonna, you know, kill people on like one of those like gondolas. You know, like the um, like those like transport transport gondolas that like go through the sky kind of thing. Um, kind I get it, it's hard to describe, but it's one of those movies where like you watch it, and you go, Billy D. He's kind of on edge, but he's also just kind of Billy D. You know, he's kind of like oh, Brody if he was angry. yeah, the
2: Roosevelt Island, like, like, like in the original the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yes. Like those, yes. The, yeah, they're like the, um, to get out to Roosevelt Island. The exactly, city,
0: exactly. Cities. And it might actually Cable be car that. Type. Yeah, it might be that tram or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah.
1: Uh, and I hear something, so I think of the movie Jokers, I think Keith Ledger's is the best. But when I think character, the Joker, it's Jack Nicholson's.
0: You are out of your goddamn mind. It's Mark Hamill.
1: Oh, no, I said the movie Jokers
0: I don't care, they made movies with Mark Hamill it? I it.
1: of action movie Jokers Oh, Mark so now you're getting real
0: people. specific Okay So you're, you're just going to gloss over Cesar Romero And his uh, makeup and yeah, mustache so you like, you know, I'm
2: here to stand Cesar Romero
0: Yeah, if you want you want to talk about a Joker That, you know, had a mustache Under his makeup, we can talk about Cesar Romero And why he was amazing <laughs> <laughs> the ball's on that guy.
2: <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, a little bit of Jack trivia that I learned today. He was lifeguarding at the Jersey Shore when he met Cesar Romero on the beach, and asked him about his Hollywood career, and that was a big influence on him making the trip out to LA. Did it say what shore? I think Manasquan. Manasquan. Yeah. Nice. Well, certainly Jersey Shore lifeguard. Yeah, it was when he was still
1: kind of deciding what to do because. Uh, when I we control. get to, when we get to Joker's, the worst Joker. When we get to actors I hate.
0: Here comes
1: Jared Leto. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here comes Mike's it, nemesis, Jared, Jared Leto.
1: <laughs> Jared Leto is sort of like the nega Keanu Reeves. We always bring up Keanu Reeves positively. Jared Leto, hate him.
0: Yeah, yeah hate if him. we ever do the hate cast, it's definitely going to be Jared Leto uh, um, movies for Mike. Absolutely.
2: I don't know what the hell he was doing Oh, no. You say. Yeah. no
0: it's 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 almost as if somebody like went to a hot topic and was like how do i make this so no one likes it and then they made the joker <laughs> right. you know? it's like how do i make how a cartoon are gonna
1: know, how are they going to know he's a damaged character let's tattoo it on his forehead yeah, let's <laughs> literally
0: put it on his face you know so it's literally written all over his face that's a great move it's so subtle and so out there and out of the box i don't think anybody would have ever noticed it had yeah. they not
1: done it you know. And it's kind of the funny that he, like yeah. he's a girl. Um, yeah. He did the same sort of seclusion that uh, Heath Ledger did. Well, yeah, but it's Jared, wow. Jared Leto. It was so. terrible.
0: <laughs> well, it's Jared, what's Jared Leto? He does that like he does all that weird shit. Like he's a method actor, which is fine, mm-hmm. but he's one of those guys that you know just takes it too far. You know, it's kind of because, like, like, I don't know if all the stories are accurate about him sending like dead rats and used condoms and shit that arrested a cast. I would think that would be assault in one case. That's yeah. true. <laughs> but you know, I, so I don't know if any of that's legit or just you know publicity around that terrible movie. But it's he does seem like the kind of guy that would do some shit like actually tattoo damaged on his face or actually wear a grill around and want to be called the Joker. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure it was Marlon Brando. When asked about method actors, he said, wouldn't it be easier to just learn how to act?
0: Exactly. And I think it's like Timothy O'Toole or whatever said the same thing. He's like, oh, you know, it's called acting for a reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, it's like the old school guys, they didn't give a shit. They were drunk the whole time. They're like, you know, why, why would I live uh, as a fisherman? Or whatever, Marlon Brando you know? didn't know any of the script for uh, Apocalypse Now. There was so much of his later movies where he made in the Godfather. People had the script tad, like taped mm-hmm. to the front of them, so he could just read the lines. <laughs> it's but, the Godfather. But, here's, but, here's,
2: <laughs> great, but great, but also still brought it. Like yeah, know, whatever they paid him. I know he's a massively overpaid for Superman the movie. Worth it. Yeah, worth it. Yeah. End it. You know, it was
1: it was great. Yeah, brought, if, I mean, if you
2: get the job, the gravitas, on, and yeah, right. If it's you get sort of the job, like,
1: so it's sort of like Tampa Bay paying Tom Brady. Second, Tom Brady mentioned.
0: <laughs> so you're equating Tom Brady to Marlon Brando in his peak.
1: <laughs> Sounds legit. If you're going to compare a quarterback to an actor, both all-time greats, why not? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: personally, I would go with. Um, well, I was going to say Drew Brees, but no, you know, because he's he's no Tom Brady. He's no Marlon Brando.
1: You know, no. Drew no. Brees only reached the promised land once.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, and then he's just he's selling what? Insurance now on TV? <laughs> is that what he does now? <laughs> but yeah. But to talk about Jack in this movie, it, I honestly believe that you don't have a movie without Jack Nicholson. You're oh, really No, no you Jack don't Nicholson. Is oh, you think
1: the Batman? most entertaining part of this movie?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think, I I think Keaton's that. great, but of the time, who else are you going to put in that role? I, I honestly don't think you can put anybody else. And he makes it; he does it perfectly. And but again, another now this is another you know um, story about this movie that never happened because at one point Steven Spielberg was interested in doing this movie. And here's his lineup though: Batman, Bruce Wayne, played by Harrison Ford, Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox as Robin slash Dick Grayson, Tim Curry as the joker.
1: yeah, that they Tim Curry Curry tried out for Mark Hamill's role, but then his voice was too dark.
0: That is Pennywise (laughs) as the Joker right there. Hiya Georgie. We all float down here. (laughs) Hiya Brucey. Hiya Brucey. (laughs) Brucey. (laughs) Well you say (laughs) bets. And then we have Dustin Hoffman as the penguin.
1: Gina Davis as Silver St. Cloud I replace Danny DeVito. I can't. I can't get behind it.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: But well, we. we have, Danny
0: DeVito is what? He's in returns as the penguin.
1: Well, right. But you, you're saying originally they
2: wanted to have him for, from the get-go. Well, as no. As like penguin, the, we're
0: saying, I think we're saying penguin ideal is Danny DeVito, yeah. and then like if to do anybody but him, right. regardless of what if it was beforehand, probably would have been worse. But you know? apparently,
2: do you know who the penguin is coming up? Oh, who is it? Colin Farrell.
0: That's right. Weird. You're right. That is going to be odd. But um, then we also had Gina Davis as Silver St. Cloud. What Silver St. Cloud in the comics is one of the more she's she's a, a long-term love interest to Bruce Wayne. Like she's got a decent, she's got some decent meat in the comics but she's never been portrayed in live action. And I think Gina Davis is that would have been very interesting because Silver St. Cloud is famously a platinum blonde. Right. <laughs> and that would have well, been. she
2: was a blonde in
1: long kiss goodnight.
0: That's true. So. That is true. Well,
1: as, uh, as, so, Percy Jackson fans can attest to this, that uh, the the female lead in Percy Jackson was supposed to be blonde-haired, gray eyes. And they cast a very dark-haired, green-eyed girl. And people went nuts. And they had the same actress player in the sequel and dyed her hair blonde and gave her colored contacts.
0: Of course. <laughs> yeah, why not? It was just act like this never happened. Weird. Now, I think the best part is there's, there's two roles here. Well, there's a couple more that they mentioned. Martin Sheen is Harvey Dent. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Richard Dreyfuss is Rupert Thorne, who is a big villain in the animated series. And then we have the character of Jim Gordon, Burt Reynolds, as Jim Gordon.
2: You know, I, I, well, you know, I'm hoping, that maybe that'll be my next, be the next time I'm, I'm a guest on it. I'm a big Burt Reynolds fan. I just read his autobiography. Now, Did you really? I'm sure he would have, I think he would have done it. He would have been fine. I, I think, think he would have been, been great. Good. But been
0: here we go for Alfred, we have John Pertwee. Who? Fun fact: His son Sean actually right. did play Alfred on Gotham. <laughs> yeah. So that would have been a nice little, you know, father-son portrayal right. of the role. It's
2: <laughs> a very English name. For
0: English. Exactly. Now that now that's the movie of Spielberg's movie that never was. You know that that, that wouldn't have ever happened. Obviously, there's the big legend about um, Nick Cage's Superman movie that never got made. Wow. So that Super- I would have loved to see a universe.
1: Ghastly pictures. Do you know right. do you know I've oh, always him? kind of yeah. wanted to see as Alfred Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen.
0: it would have been fine, I mm. think he would have been fine. I mean, in the legacy of Michael Kane, Michael Go, and Jeremy
1: Irons, yeah, I like Jeremy
2: Irons well. yeah so I
1: thought it if, would have been good I am a huge Jeremy Irons fan of yeah that think- Jeremy Irons is actually where we came up with the idea to do a bad, better best, and then we didn't include him in the lineup
0: <laughs> right yeah. And he's- yeah. There's spoiler alert! You will not be hearing about him for this. Uh, this.
1: <laughs> we were supposed to talk about uh, Aragon, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and then The Lion King.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Again, these are like Spielberg's Batman. This is the podcast that never was and could have been. <laughs> like
2: uh, Kubrick's AI. That's right. right. Yeah.
0: We, yeah. And again, we'll, well get man, more what into that conspiracy. Been. What, what, what <laughs> could have been? But yeah. There's so much about this, this movie. Oh, also, had Joe Dante, the, um, the director of the Burbs, Gremlins, Gremlins 2. Explorers. Had, yeah, Innerspace. Had he done the role, John Lithgow would have been the Joker. Now, that would have made it two years before Ricochet.
2: You know, but, but, <laughs> but, 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 but Lithgow's one of those, especially I'm thinking about his, his uh, stint on Dexter. Where yeah. I get a Heath Ledger vibe. Like when I first heard it was Heath Ledger, I'm like, Are you kidding me? Yep. And then you know you saw the performance that you got. So I don't know. It would be interesting to see Uh um, He plays a great villain. He plays a great villain.
1: Throw it out there. I feel like everyone has been throwing out. Um, oh God. Why? Why did the name leave my head? Jared Leto. No. <laughs> Thirty Seconds to Mars. <laughs> Yeah, everyone would. I've seen a lot of posts saying Willem Dafoe as the Joker.
0: Dafoe again. Uh, he would be. He was. He would be great as any Batman villain. You could put him in as anybody, and he'd be awesome.
1: Throw him in as the Riddler. Who cares? <laughs> Just put Willem why Dafoe. In. Yeah, why not? Penguin, he'd be fine.
0: But Joker. Yeah, he's got that Joker look. You know, he's got the look down. But again, at this time in '89, to get Nicholson as your Joker, you you don't. You, you got to build it around him. Yeah, there,
1: there's no one you could <laughs> cast over Nicholson, though. Uh, oh, God, why is he? Well, head in my head.
0: well, Robin Williams was actually used as bait to get Nicholson to do this role. And Robin Williams was kind of, he was pissed off about it. And he never did a, William, a Warner Brothers movie again until they publicly apologized for it. Wow. Yeah. And Defoe was also a front runner for this movie, oddly enough that we mentioned this. But so was Brad Dourif. You know, the voice of Chucky from Child's Play.
2: <laughs> Doc from Deadwood.
0: Right. You know, so it would have that would have been there's a lot of alternate worlds where uh, the, these Tim Batman Curry movies
1: as be. a live action joker, I think, would have been insane.
0: Tim Curry would have been great because this is shortly before he does the um the it miniseries.
1: Yeah, that was nineteen ninety. Yeah, that was ninety. And so it was right the, before he, it. He, he was, was They were uh, Initially, using him as the Joker for Batman, the animated series, but then they did test audience with children, and apparently his Joker made them cry. Yeah,
0: well. Of course, it did. He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> fucking Pennywise. <laughs> I mean, the dude, I love the guy, but he makes me cry, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so had he done this, like, had he been the Joker and then he would have been Pennywise, do you think he would have been typecast as clowns for the rest of his career? But like, do you think we would have gotten Herkimo Homoka in Congo? Or would he have just been another clown? I like... don't know.
1: Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine they did a remake of uh, Killer <laughs> from Outer Space and cast Tim Curry
0: as all of the clowns. Yeah. That would have yes. been
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> just Tim Curry playing a bunch of different clowns. Right.
0: But oddly enough, I'm looking at his IMDb, he apparently did the voice for Ginger Clown, whatever the hell that is, in 2013.
1: (laughs) Oh, He did his, he did, he was voice cast in, oh, God, I can't think of the movie's name.
0: Well, he's done, he's done a lot.
1: Yeah, his song is considered one of the, so it's an animated movie and he, his song he sings in it, I can remember the song, it's called Toxic Love. Is considered one of the best songs from a non-Disney villain
0: Okay. <laughs> is it uh is Fern Gully what is it?
1: Fern Gully.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, he's yeah, Tim Curry's one of those actors that was like, you know, that would be an amazing, an amazing get. But still
1: Tim, Tim Curry's another it. one that if you put him in any movie. I am instantly like there's a 50% better chance that I will go see it because Tim Curry's in it.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I'm right there with it. You. you know, even, even his dad is Home Alone Lost in New York can be, can be. His character. Tim
1: Curry is golden in every scene he's in. His
0: character's still great. I love you know?
1: Say it like you mean it. Yeah. I love you.
0: With a, with a pizza. <laughs> Just the way he says pizza in that one scene. It's so good. And that movie's like god awful.
1: <laughs> I love something where it's like, think about t- uh it was an online post. It was like, think about Tim Curry in Home Alone too. He's like, he's breaking into a room to see if the child's lying about uh who's in like who he's there with. Right. And he breaks into the bathroom, and best case scenario, he catches the kid's parents in the shower together. Right. Worst case scenario, he catches the kid pretending in the shower and now he's a pedophile?
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so he did that movie in 92, so he would have done Batman, It, or, um, yeah, Batman, It, and then Home Alone Lost in New York. That's a, that's a hell of a trilogy right there. That's all yeah. of a, a 3 P. <laughs> but, but, so, this, this has been our side podcast, Tim Curry Chat. <laughs> but um but, uh,
1: but to get back uh, to Nixon, Nicholson. Is uh, Nicholson.
0: Yeah, to get uh, back to Nicholson is
1: he's phenomenal. This is, like this is the role that I look at and just go, like, wow, Jack Nicholson just sort of took this movie and ran with it.
0: This was probably my first experience with Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It probably definitely was. You know, because obviously I'm you're, you're
2: you're eight. So
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, having seen that, like I wouldn't have seen Obviously, I was too young. I was born much after, you know, Cougar's Nest in Chinatown right, right, right. and all his big ones. But especially Shining, that came two years before me, you know, and, and you. You've seen that we're a day apart. <laughs> but so then, like, getting older, like, you write a movie, and, like, oh, I love comic books. I love Batman. so like, oh. When I'm old enough to rent movies, you know, at Video Eden after, you know, going to Sound Joe's on a Friday night, go to Video Eden. Hey, look, Batman movie. That's grab a, that.
1: Former employer. Right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So grab that and be what like, was oh, I watched
1: experience with Nicholson. Was it? No. My, I think mine was The Departed.
0: Probably yeah Boy, well, yeah he was he's
1: born in I was born in nineteen ninety seven.
2: Yeah. That's exactly. no excuse. You <laughs> were ten. You should have seen
1: Batman in nineteen
0: eighty nine. That's
1: right. <laughs> Technically done. I grew up with Christopher Nolan's Batman.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was probably your that was your Batman. That was your original Batman. Whereas we we grew up with obviously Burton was our first on screen one for us because mm. it wasn't West. We were past the days of Adam West.
1: I would say I would say my Batman as a kid was Batman Begins.
0: Yeah, 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 that's, that's 2005. Nice. Yeah, because it was also well past the animated series, which was also ours. You know, from the childhood. So that's Kevin Conroy, who, in my opinion, if we're talking Batman and Joker's, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, number, number one for both of them. And that, well, that's for me. I would I love consider
1: Mark Hamill, one, one of the greatest voice actors ever, if not the greatest.
0: He's awesome. He's done so much too, and it's, it's exactly. a, it's a I, great second I, half of his career.
1: I grew up with Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I was so surprised when I found out that he played the bad the ultimate bad guy in it
0: oh yeah I have no idea what you're mm-hmm. talking about I'm, I have no idea about that movie mm-hmm. I only know about
1: we don't talk about the movie ross <laughs>
0: no we're gonna derail everything now and we're gonna discuss this movie I've only partially seen mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so we can move, just so I can piss you off.
2: I also like Mark Hamill's cock knocker in
0: uh, ah, Jason yes. Bob, That's right. Uh, his, his second most famous role behind Luke Skywalker. Would you like me to bust your balls, Hemp
2: Knight?
1: <laughs> also, okay. wait, is it Batman, the animated series that confirmed that the IRS is more dangerous than Batman?
2: Pretty much. Fact check true.
0: Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs>
1: because right? that's where the Joker says messing with the Batman is one thing but the IRS are you crazy
0: right he also takes <laughs> down in one episode he also tries to take down a, um, a copyright bureau because he can't get a the laughing fish he can't get a the laughing fish copyrighted
2: I think some of the writers of that show just gotten audited
0: so. right. yeah. Paul Dini and Tim uh, <laughs> Paul, yeah, Paul yeah. Dini's got the IRS the I'm
1: kind of surprised you didn't bring up anger management for this to throw in at the bad spot
0: I didn't rewatch it, mm. and I, I don't think I could put myself through a Sandler movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I
2: put in the bottom five, you know,
0: between. It's not great,
2: you know. It's just it's like over the top. I was like, oh, okay, isn't it funny when Jack gets angry? Hey, <laughs> Yeah, let's put him as the, you know, anger it, management guy.
0: Isn't it funny that Adam Sandler's here? No, yeah, it's not. <laughs> well, see, that,
2: that was two thousand three though, so that was there was still just a little bit of Happy Gilmore in the tank where you were hoping that was going to be right.
1: Yeah, yeah, Good. there was still enough where you're like, he's had some movies re- like that weren't that long yeah. ago. Big Daddy were- was
2: lame. Yeah. Uh, Waterboy was like eh. You know, you, you were still hoping for another knock out of the park like Happy Gilmore, or Billy Madison, and uh, still waiting. Yeah, <laughs> I, <lit> up, <laughs> waiting I actually
1: well. so Happy Gilmore is my favorite. I like Waterboy better than Billy Madison.
2: Whoa. Whoa. Again. Uh, you were born 97. Steve, nah, Steve, not you're right. not
0: used to Mike's insanity, but he says shit like this all the time. I'm just going <laughs> I'm I'm
2: to put that up to the beer talk. After.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the alcohol. I... I don't know. It's 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 weird that <laughs> okay. I'm ma- I'm married into the family, so I right. can't legally kill him. But, <laughs>
1: but I swear, I, I if there was no relationship. Could, I don't think you could legally kill me if you were in the family.
2: There are ways. There are ways. Yeah. <laughs> in the words of Jesus, forgive him. He knows not what he does. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> he knows <no> does.
1: <laughs> but but what? The, so the thing with Billy Madison is, so I love that Chris Farley is in it, and I love that Steve Buscemi is in it. Of course. But if Which I mean, did, one of
0: his best roles, by the way.
1: If those two weren't like, if you remove those two from the movie, I'd easily say I like the Waterboy better. Yeah, it's it,
0: Billy Madison is also very much of the time. Like, if you were around when that movie came out, we quoted the hell out of that thing when we were in high school. You know,
1: this day does the oh Veronica Vaughn, so hot, when he <laughs> the hiney, ow. Well,
0: the other day I was sitting there because when it was so ungodly hot out, I was like, "It's just too hot out here for a penguin to be just walking around." <laughs> <laughs> but, they- to get back to you know, Batman '89, the the first thing. Oh, we actually, noticed,
2: and let well, me—I have to yeah, jump back because yeah, yeah. there is a line when they're all uh, eating at the restaurant in Billy uh, Madison. Uh, who would you rather bone? Uh, Jack Nicholson, nineteen seventies, <laughs> or Meg Ryan? Oh, no, 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 Jack Nicholson, Meg, or Meg, or Meg Ryan. Ryan. Jack Nicholson now, or Jack Nicholson nineteen seventies? Uh, Jack Nicholson, nineteen
0: seventies.
2: Nicholson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. With, speaking of, aside from his performance. topical.
2: This was the segue was topical.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they are. It's it's a coin flip. But. So with him, the first thing you notice about this movie, obviously when you see the opening credits and Jack Nicholson's name pops up first and he's not playing Batman. The other thing you notice is the production design of this movie, which also feeds into The Shining. Mm -hmm. The production design of both those movies is absolutely insane. It's phenomenal. Like there is something about Grissom's office with the background of like the Gotham skyline. You see those two crazy statues that are outside. Like just looking at that, you go, Tim Burton, has an amazing eye for like grandiose like interiors and exteriors and just world. Yeah, so with,
1: with the whole city design, what I was thinking is like, wow, this is what they were sort of going with what they were going for and uh, hackers, but it was done well. <laughs> it
0: wasn't done inside of a computer and bad cgi <laughs> well, uh, well
1: again it lends to like why i
2: like this batman better than the christopher nolan one is like in, is that it makes it more fantastic it's, it's retro futurism you also see in the movie gattaca where it's like you know when you when you're first introduced to batman the whole scene with, like, you know, Batica, the,
1: by the way that's one yeah, of my favorite. yeah
2: ex fantastic one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time um you know you're kind of seeing like these old-timey 1930s 1940s cars and then there's like a scene later on when uh, batman's getting chased when they leave the art museum where the cars look like they're out of the 70s yep. and they're painted joker colors kind yeah. of like a la 1960s batman really yeah i mean yeah it, 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 yeah it mixes it mixes different influences and different things that again lend to it being fantastic like you know you're watching a movie right but i don't know it's kind of for me it's it, What's become a tired trope now in movies is trying to be like, oh, this is the real like what even with yeah. the most recent Joker. This is what it would be like if it was really yeah. Joker. What you kind of find is like, you know, and I don't want to jump into it. Yeah, but like I'll just say, like, while I found Joaquin Phoenix Joker fascinating and, and, and a great movie, I don't know if I'll really watch it that much again. It wasn't entertaining. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't immersive. It didn't I be honest it, take you away to another. World, yeah, I thing. was
1: not a big fan of the Joker movie. It's,
0: it's fine, the, I mean, Joker is my favorite villain in all of you know comic books, and it's obviously,
1: the king of comedy, and they just threw the Joker in it. King well, of Comedy is
0: a tough movie to watch, and Joker's a little bit less palatable. I could see the I could see the comparison, I mean, yeah.
2: There are some elements of it, but not, I mean, I felt like it was definitely, especially if you've watched, um. Uh, uh, what's, what's the name of the director of Joker? Right. Um, Todd uh, Phillips. Todd Phillips, yeah.
0: Hangover, it, old it, school. If
2: you watch his first movie that he did in NYU, which is fascinating, about G.G. Allen. Oh, God. Uh, it, it, <laughs> there were elements of that movie that I saw in the Joker movie of that kind of discomfort. But no, I mean, the, everything about the Joker felt very... Like that was where it's like, yeah, this does feel real. And, and it's kind of like the, the complete opposite of Batman 1989. This isn't some yeah. fantastic kind of a majestic world of like where you can get really wrapped into a hero. It's like, cause that's what a lot of people kind of criticize about making a sequel to this Joker movie. How do you in interject Batman into this world? You don't, you know, like there's me that really would like to see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker interact with a Batman, but Robert Pattinson. Nah, no thanks.
0: No. Yeah. It's, that's cool.
2: The, the, if,
1: I'm, if I'm saying with Robert Pattinson, I think people need to give him a second chance.
0: Oh, absolutely. Other, I'm going to watch it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll watch I, lo- I like that guy. He's great in good time. He's great in a lot of good – He was movies. good in the Lighthouse. the yeah, Lighthouse he's great in Awesome.
1: The Lighthouse yeah. is awesome.
0: But that's the thing. He's he's one of those guys that – obviously, Twilight is our big <laughs> – the big knock on him. But the thing with that those movies is he knows – he hates, he, he, those movies are terrible, and mm. he hates those movies. He's open about it, very open.
2: It was devil's bargain.
0: Yeah. So, like, I, I, I'm not going to fault a guy for making a billion dollars off that movie right. and then actually becoming an actor after that, you know? Get your security blanket and then have your career. I'm fine with that. That's awesome. Go for it. But with Tim Burton's Batman, this, like, in the production design, in the Gotham City that he designs, it's kind of like the the uh the missing link in between the real world and the then the next step and then what we finally get in Blade Runner I could see Gotham City that's existing. a perfect
1: way to describe it
0: I could see it existing in the world the step in between those like mm. as society progresses we go from what we're currently at in the 80s in this movie in 89 then we get to Gotham City in the Tim Burton world that's like what the next step is and then Blade Runner is our future, and that's the right. na- the natural progression. <laughs> and then it
2: comes uh, full circle with Jared Leto and Blade Runner
0: 2020. <laughs> exactly. I didn't. I didn't even mean to make that connection, but yeah. it works. <laughs>
2: and I, Jared <laughs> Leto, I so thought Joe, I, <laughs> I, he, I
1: thought he was good. Then.
0: He's great. I, I think He was good as that. That movie is excellent. You know,
1: it's not his acting that I hate. It's him.
0: <laughs> it's his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's his face, Do, okay, then, like to bring the it the way um, I
1: describe it is I think he 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 seems like the type of person that likes the smell of his own farts, yes, that's a lot of Hollywood,
0: though. yeah, that to, is, to be fair. that's Hollywood but, like, career, he seems
1: know? outwardly proud about that fact.
0: <laughs> like he's like he's kind of grating it like a fart Somalia right, you right. Know? <laughs> but yeah, so.
2: <laughs> it's a skill.
0: It is, yeah. It's it's a very niche like, uh, I, like
1: Requiem for a Dream is amazing.
0: Uh, it's got one of my best, the, my favorite lines in movie history. Keith David, well, I didn't take it out for air.
1: What? <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I hate him. <laughs>
0: he's uh, yeah. He's he's an acquired taste, I would think, especially like if you watch Girl Interrupted. The more I you watch know, him,
1: the more I want to hit him in the face.
0: <laughs> so so speaking to to call it back to last week's episode with Angelina Jolie with Girl, he's in Girl Interrupted, and he plays a piece of shit. He plays a draft dodger in that movie, and he's he's also an ass. You know, it's not the fact of draft dodging; he's just an, also a dick. You know, <laughs> like we don't we don't we just don't like inherently like that guy. So it's almost like you know the actor taking part of himself and putting it into his roles, which is weird because it's also what Nicholson does. But then he amplifies the other parts of his character to get the character that everybody loves, you know, like he probably so, started baseline Nicholson and then cranked it to the 11. And that's how we get the Joker. The, like the with, topic
2: Nicholson. exactly. <laughs> one, of favorite,
1: one of my favorite things, one of my favorite scenes was uh, when the Joker makes sort of his public debut they're giving the speech and you see him off to the side doing like whatever he's doing as he's
0: the fixed. mime. Yeah. <laughs> where he sh- where he throws a uh, a feather into a fat man's neck and kills him. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I-, I love him on the TV too when he like, like pushes the mayor out of sight. Look, Joker here. Was uh, right. <laughs> whole... yeah. I've wait, wait, taken
1: people's... off my makeup. <laughs> when you just tell Jack Nicholson Listen, you could go as crazy as you want with this. You're gonna get gold. Yeah,
0: gold. And That's that's kind of, and it's it's funny because the difference is between this and Shining, where Kubrick fed him cheese sandwiches and kept him on edge the whole time. With this, you can tell Burton was probably just like, I know what I have. I know who I have here. Yeah. Here's the outline of the character do what you need to do because I know it's going to be great because yeah. you're Jack fucking Nicholson, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't need to direct this man. I can just right. let him be who he is and then you get the scene like when he's at um Vicky Bell's apartment. It's it's the beforehand uh scene of um you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. He does all that and then afterwards he goes to leave and he does that little like fart noise in the hallway. Uh-oh. And he does like the bird arms, yeah. yep. and then he just kind of runs away. Apparently, Jack Nicholson just kind of yeah. made it up and did that, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know. So it's like you get stuff like that where he's just awesome. <laughs> now, so with this movie, Nicholson's easily the best part of it in my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, when, I, I would agree. I would go ahead and in, agree. In the, yes,
2: an
1: OG Batman like yes. He's, he's- oh.
2: He no yeah. leaves uh, Vicky Vale's apartment, yeah. and, right? Again, it's all cool. same thing in the departed,
1: um, where he
2: the, the introduction of a certain um, fun toy uh, yes. in, in the theater with yes. Matt I, a certain marital aid, right? Um, you know. Uh,
1: I think he also did the uh, like the like
0: the rat chewing when that like, was we great. Have
1: a, uh, that whole rat scene. That is one of my favorite Nicholson moments ever. I go great. Yeah. sneaking, rat.
0: And then he comes back. He's like sniffing around DiCaprio. You right. <laughs> know, it's such a great scene. But yeah. and that's again like that's the thing. You get Nicholson, especially in 1989, where he's got this track record of being nominated in, for every movie he did in the 70s. Right. And you say, then you see, then you have him in The Shining in 80 and you go, okay, this guy is obviously one of the best around.
2: Right.
0: We can just let him be him and he's going to make it work. And like, that's the same thing with The uh, with the Departed. There was the whole scene in the beginning, yeah, The Departed, sorry. The beginning scene where he says, oh, she felt funny. Like it's supposed to be a much, it's a much longer scene. And Matt Damon does, he famously has a little interview where he tells about this where he Nicholson kept adding on to that scene and basically letting Scorsese pick where he wanted to cut Mm -hmm. and what we end up seeing in the movie is obviously what Scorsese Uh, cut right but it's a much longer it's a couple minutes long of a scene and it's all Jack Nicholson it's all him so when you get again like I said with Angelina you get a big gun like Nicholson you have to let it be yeah. the big gun. You have to let him fire, you know? <laughs>
1: here's what I'm gonna, so, here's what, So I think Nicholson is the best part of Batman 1989. Where I think he's the best performance in The Shining. I think he's the third best part of that movie.
0: Of The Shining? Yeah. You think he's the third best part of The Shining?
1: Yes. He's, he's to, the best performance. what?
0: Danny and Shelley Duvall? <laughs> no.
1: No. The musical cool. score... And the directing.
0: Oh, wow! Well, well, that's okay. not that's not the acting, but we'll, I mean, we'll get to that. That's get why, to. I
1: said he's the best performance in The Shining. Okay, he's the third best part. All right.
0: Okay. Well, we'll we'll officially get to that when we get to it. But um, I think <laughs> I think some obviously some of my my favorite the Joker's got some of the best lines in the movie. He's he's got the best. I mean, Bruce Wayne's got one of my favorite ones where um. At the, at the party in the beginning where Knox and Vale are at the party kind of walking around. They walk into his room of statues and his collectors yeah. and all that.
1: How'd you know he get it from Japan?
0: Because I bought it in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you know it was Japanese? Because uh, I bought it in Japan. Where,
1: where, yeah, he looks like king of the wicker people.
0: <laughs> right. Like, even
2: his jokes are dorky.
0: Yeah, Robert Wall is just yeah. so bad.
2: <laughs> I couldn't believe he was a stand-up comedian and then he ended up him Arless.
0: Well, yeah, when you think uh, about it, you go, know, it was the 80s, he's perfect for being a stand-up 80s comic, you know? It's kind of like, oh, women do this. Men do this. Land. Okay. Another- I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> uh, Val, will
1: you marry me? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, complete
2: simp. Right. King of the simps. <laughs> exactly. And then, uh,
0: and the- then there's, like, a- well, a couple of uh, Nicholson's lines, uh, like, um, one of my favorites is, you dropped me into a vat of chemicals. That wasn't easy, easy to get over. Don't think I didn't try. <laughs> you know? oh, and then, with Keaton saying, I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> and then punches him in the face. Right. And then there's the whole back and forth where he says, well, what do you want? I want my face on the $1 bill. He must be joking. Do I look like I'm joking? <laughs> you
2: While know? well, he has his permanently plastered smile.
0: Exactly. And then there's, you know, obviously the I'm of a mind makes a mookie. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know? I, to this day, I've seen this movie... Countless times, and I have no idea what the fuck that means. <laughs> yeah, Bob
2: Gunn. <laughs> also, well, I, I looked into Bob by the way, which ties into your beer. Bob from Jersey City, New Jersey.
0: Yes, he's also yeah. one of Nicholson's like best friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so, another Jersey. I because he's in he's I forget what movie, other movie he's in. He's in a couple of his other movies.
1: And also, Wait, who is the uh, who time- is the lieutenant in this that's like the dirty cop?
0: You mean oh, Eckhart, Eckhart, Lieutenant yes. Eckhart, played by William Hootkins of Raiders of the Lost Ark fame? He's the guy that says "Top men." Yeah. Well, who's looking at it? "Top men"? Hey, Eckhart,
2: <laughs> think about the future. That's right. Yeah. Who's
0: who's the who's who's in charge of that case? Eckhart, sir. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Where have been spending your nights? <laughs> where
0: have been spending your nights? <laughs> yeah. He's got that weird accent. Like, he talks normally yeah. with Gordon. But with anybody else, he's got that weird accent yeah. where he's like the laryngectomy guy. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wait, now, Ross. Now, I guess this sort, right. of, this sort of extends to when I compared it to hackers, but, like, done well. I imagine this Gotham City would be the setting of a Power Man Five Thousand music. Oh
0: Jesus Christ! If
1: they had a lot more of a budget,
0: I thought we were done with Power Man Five Thousand.
1: No, because I learned that (laughs) I was looking him up, and I. Oh, so
0: now you're a big fan?
1: Okay. I was looking up the lead singer, and I I, told you, Rob Rob Zombie's brother. (laughs) Yes, I I didn't believe you at first.
0: You didn't you didn't you didn't believe that a man named Spider might be Rob Zombie's brother?
1: <laughs> for a second, when I looked it up, I was like, I saw their full names. I was like, wait a minute, do they have the same middle Cummings. name?
0: Cummings is the last name.
1: <laughs> well, no, but I was saying, do they also have the same middle name? But no, it's like off by a couple letters.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So so Mrs. Zombie or Mrs. Cummings wasn't exactly the most original woman you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. See, did you, did you, uh, were you familiar with last episode of Angelina Jolie? How we, uh, we frequently brought up Power Man 5,000.
1: <laughs> I think we mentioned them more than they've been mentioned in the last 20 years. Exactly. Yeah.
0: We are the reason they are trending now. <laughs>
1: they, they haven't been mentioned this much since Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. That's right. In the
2: words of Indiana Jones, Dad, let it go. <laughs> they belong <laughs> in the museum. Yeah, certainly.
1: Wait, wait, and I told dog. them Power
2: Man 5,000. <laughs>
1: I told Dan that they were, my brother Dan, that they were related. And yeah. he was like, Are there less, is their last name really Zombie? <laughs>
0: no, it's Cummings. <laughs> I
1: mean, was one hit it, wonder,
2: but like, like, 5,000
1: does. It is, it is pretty oh, awesome.
0: they're a yeah. two hit wonder.
2: <laughs>
1: ah, well, well it's Bombshell when shell and When the worlds, collides. Collides. The worlds Collide. Collide, yeah.
0: then there's Bombshell. And then there's ah. their cover, Frankie Says Relax. Oh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood with relax.
2: Well, That's the, their oh, cover. Right.
0: Yep. I think it was in
1: Zoolander, wasn't it?
0: Yes, it was. Yep. yep. Exactly. Okay. Quality. So, so it's,
1: so it's no one is actually a fan of Power Man Five Thousand. They're a fan of something that Power Man Five Thousand somehow managed to be in. Right.
0: We we all lived through the Power Man Five Thousand era of music, you know. It's it's somehow we made it through. That was my our college years, Steven has college years. That for you, Mike, was that was your infancy. <laughs>
1: other bands that might be in that conversation and are in mind was saliva.
0: Yeah, kinda, but there, re- there really isn't anybody that's in the Power Man Five Thousand realm. They, those guys were. Well,
1: they, they have their music videos. That's what we. Keep, that's what I keep bringing up. <laughs>
0: yeah, he they're, compared. They're, he compared, did, compared like, a their music videos.
1: Overworld to in one of them.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, there.
2: <laughs> uh, is is Hackers one of your favorite movies?
0: That was one of our. That was our bad for Angelina. Uh, well, <laughs> That's how it came yeah. up. But it's one of my favorites. I love that damn movie. Yeah,
2: I it love it. Really Mnemonic. entertaining. Spider. <laughs> Johnny,
0: Johnny Mnemonic also this cool, might be featured on the Keanu cast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's quiet. Cool. It's on the theater.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, the dollar theater. I, I just I remember it. it had the orange VHS cassette. I remember that. Like, when you went to rent that, it had the orange VHS cassette. It was kind of like getting the Zelda with the gold cassette. Right. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, how people buy vinyl now. I actually still have exactly. Ocarina with the gold, the gold Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah. Well, right.
0: we're talking about the original 8-bit, my friend. Oh, yeah.
1: I still have my dad's original Nintendo as well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see? Uh, <laughs> they got, got it at launch. We've had the same <laughs> Nintendo since it released in 1986.
0: Yeah, and to this day, you still have to blow in the cartridge 40 times before it works
1: <laughs> and set your TV to channel three or whatever it was. <laughs> Nintendo 64 is my system of choice. What was that? Nintendo 64 is my system of choice, though.
0: Of course, of course, because you don't know any better. You know, Sega CD is obviously the best one that anyone's ever had.
1: <laughs>
0: Neo Geo. Neo, that's right. Neo, Neo Geo. What was the what was the, like the VR one? Wasn't there like a like Jag uh, yeah. something like Jag you play, play Sonic
1: play? CD, Ross?
0: I did that because that was the only game you could actually get to work. <laughs> did
1: you know that there was a there was a an issue with Sonic CD where if you left Sonic standing at the uh, start gate too long, he'd jump off the level and kill himself.
0: he probably definitely should that's have. Actually, I, I should have killed myself. Actually, the again.
1: thing in the game if. You leave it like that, he jumps off the level and kills himself, and then there's a message from Sega.
0: That <laughs> I, I said, he, why did you make our character commit suicide? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't
1: know if it's just in the Japanese version or if it's also in the American version, but it says something along, have fun playing Sega, signed Majin, which is like devil in Japan.
0: <laughs> nice. Of course. Because it's Sega Day. you know, the, the devil created that damn thing. That thing sure. sucked. <laughs> yeah. But, so... You know, obviously, I think we've talked a lot about Batman 89.
1: We've had enough material. In terms of Jokers, I think the one that won an Oscar is the fourth best.
0: You're goddamn insane. We need to commit you. We need to commit you. Hang on.
1: Mark Hamill, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, then I'm going to – Say, well,
0: you just said the one that won the Oscar is fourth, and you just named him second.
1: <laughs> no, I'm saying, uh, oh god got what Heath
0: Ledger Heath won Joaquin for playing Phoenix. the Joker. What? Heath Ledger won the Oscar for playing
1: the Joker. Oh, I was thinking of Joaquin Phoenix.
0: Oh, okay. No, the, the first one was Heath Ledger. He won it for, uh, Best I didn't really,
1: I'm not sure I realized Heath Ledger won the Oscar for playing the Joker.
0: Yeah, he was. That was the only thing that The Dark Knight was nominated for. and That was kind of a big thing because people thought it should have been nominated for other movies, other awards as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he was. He's the one that first won it. You know, this obviously the the most recent and other Oscar winner is you know Joaquin, but
1: and he's who I would consider the fourth or maybe fifth best, depending on how you define what you like in the Joker.
0: Well, for you, number one, even though what you just listed is probably a lie, because we know one through three for you is Jared Leto.
1: <laughs> who's also Who's also an Oscar winner? He's also an Oscar winner. That's right, but not for right. the Joker. <laughs> well, for he, the Joker.
0: <laughs> that is the That is one of the bigger snubs in Oscar history. 2016 Oscars not no, Suicide Squad. <laughs> suicide what? Suicide Squad, that's Academy victory. winning movie, Academy Award winning movie for I think sound designer, or costuming, or something. <laughs> oh.
1: So, right, so that Smith movie and, has
0: an Academy. Will, Will
1: Smith and Margot Robbie were solid. Everything else was garbage. Mm-hmm.
0: Not according to the Academy.
1: Even, even, even they were garbage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Even even Margot's butt cheeks hanging out were not enough to really redeem that movie. By us. <laughs>
2: well, well easy there. <laughs> Maybe
0: they were No, well they might have been. You know.
2: Yeah. Right. Second second
0: yeah. All right, Steve. How's your uh, how's your drink drinking?
2: I just recently switched over to uh Jack and Coke.
0: Appropriate for next.
2: For, uh,
1: to prepare.
0: That's right. I think that's that's very appropriate coming up. The shining. How about you, Mike?
1: I'm on number three for mine. It's still very good. Highly recommending Glass Town, or yeah, Glass Town Brewing.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'm about to grab number three for the padded souls. Um, and apparently there's also um, a hashtag for mine. It's I, I just noticed. Hashtag definitely not gluten free. So that means something to somebody.
1: That means if you have a gluten deficiency, probably don't try this beer. You just died.
0: And it was also brewed with Zappa hops. No. <laughs> so i don't know if frank or ahmet yeah, or Dweezel <laughs> gets a part of that mm-hmm. or even moon yeah <laughs> i don't know if they get a part really, of that
1: uh, wait so mine it says lager brewed with cascade centennial and amarillo and i don't I know my, what that means
0: they're hops i think my favorite hops is like warrior hops and yeah i i think it's um I can't remember i think it's uh i think it's whatever the one the turtles is it's a um i like turtles. <laughs> it's a there's a, it's a brewery that the most the, the, the big thing about it is the turtles i can't remember what the hell it is um terrapin i think it's terrapin brewing thank you sir. but yeah. um i think it's terrapin brewing they they use a lot of warrior hops or uh chinook hops in their thing but um but yeah so i'm poor number three as we speak right now my lovely wife just gave me number three
2: love, love. But
0: um. Let that sit in my uh, my ship bottom mug that I have. Shout out to ship bottom brewery, my favorite. I'm gonna keep plugging them until I get some free stuff.
1: They they did comment on our. Uh, <laughs> no, I
0: saw it. it. was great. The little kissy face emoji. I was like, oh, they love us. <laughs> I'm gonna go down and introduce myself, and I get on the LBI, and they're gonna, just gonna throw free swag at me. That's the dream I have. That's that's my life dream to get free. Ship
1: bottom just gives us some. I made
0: it. Right, just they just give me a T-shirt. That's like that's yeah. like the peak of my life right now. I did it. <laughs> oh, I did it. We got one. <laughs> but so now we're on to the best, which is 1980s, The Shining, directed by the legendary R.A.P. Late Stanley Kubrick,
1: and he literally <laughs> ruined Kelly <laughs> Duvall's career he didn't treat her
0: well on this movie <laughs> but jack himself plays jack torrance really? <laughs> jack plays jack torrance who is a family man a caretaker of the uh overlook hotel and possibly a ghost <laughs> and I,
1: so i rewatched Do- i rewatched dr sleep and i noticed that the actress that they got to play uh wendy torrance was significantly more attractive than duvall. i can't remember but she, who,
2: but she sounded just like Shelly duvall Danny, where are you like she really did an awesome vocal impression i'm
0: i'm i'm blanking who was it i'm looking it up now but who was it uh, i don't remember who it
2: was wasn't a boy was, i don't think it was a standout name
0: it was just somebody it, i
2: mean she's only
1: in doctor sleep for oh, a couple you already years. passed
0: it oh did i too. Cause um, cause I mean, obviously Rose the Hat, Rebecca Ferguson. I love that woman. Yeah, yeah, awesome.
1: she, she was the best, and I'm a huge, you know, McGregor fan. But Rebecca Ferguson was probably the best part of Doctor. She's
0: so good.
2: She had the high ground.
0: She's exactly, <laughs> but she, <laughs> she's so good though. But yeah, you McGregor. Oh, Wendy, Alex Esso, whoever that is. I don't right. know who that is. I think
2: she was in uh, Haunting
0: Hill House or on uh, Netflix. She was on something. Um, she's on some Don Cheadle she's, show. She's
2: definitely an actress. Yeah, she, she is an acts. actress. She is a
0: pay, a she, paid actress.
2: She's in movies. She
0: has done things cre- She has credits,
2: but um, yeah, oh, they, well,
0: yeah, it's obviously the big the lore behind this movie is well documented. But Stanley Kubrick's treating of Shelley Duvall,
1: 127?
0: 120, yeah, um, essentially just shitting on her.
1: The scene where Jack Nicholson's backing her up the stairs and he's saying like you didn't let me finish i'm not gonna hurt you i just want to bash your head in
0: i have the whole thing i'm not gonna hurt you wendy darling light of my life i'm not gonna hurt you you didn't let me finish my sentence i said i'm not gonna hurt you i'm just gonna bash your brains in i'm gonna bash them right the fuck in
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is probably my favorite moment from jack nicholson in this movie
0: it is good.
1: Says, I, I, I
2: do love my that. Life. <laughs> uh, I'm well, I'm a big fan of the of the conversation with Lloyd, and, you know, where he's like, uh, the
0: best goddamn bartender from Timbuktu to Portland, Maine. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> yeah, that's right, or uh, Portland, Oregon for that <laughs> <fat> matter.
2: <laughs> it was three damn years ago.
0: <laughs> I love that. in that conversation. He, he also calls Wendy a sperm bank. Did you <laughs> notice that? He calls her the sperm bank upstairs. Like, Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, well very like I think true to, you know, drunk exactly. ballroom talk. It's very
0: of. much in character, and, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, and just it's just uh, it's just a great especially when you realize he's talking to a ghost, it just has a real very visceral. And a ghost
0: that tells him, Your money's no good here, Mr. Torrance. Orders from the house—that mm-hmm. is literal orders from the house too. Right, like exactly. the building itself is saying yeah, this man doesn't right. have to pay for a
2: drink. <laughs> and, and, and I love the, uh, what, the whole scene in the uh, in the bathroom too. With, exactly,
0: uh, with Grady.
1: Perhaps you should correct her. I corrected. I uh, corrected them too. <laughs> yes. But um, so if I'm being honest, the thing that stood out most to me in this film was the music. The music oh, absolutely! ramped it, up the tension so much,
0: especially from minute one, like second one. You get that.
1: Uh, um, so uh, it's Wendy, Wendy, uh, Car- Wendy <laughs> Carlos. Then she Carlos. did. So she was yep. in works with a Clockwork Orange, which is one of Kubrick's previous movies before mm-hmm. this. Uh, she did this, and she did Tron, the original. Oh, okay. And she was also on with Ready Player One. But she hasn't well, done a whole bunch of music for composer, like in terms of composer, she's known for The Shining and Tron.
2: Yeah, a real pioneer of electronic soundtrack music that really showcased. I mean, now like you'll hear it in anything, probably in any, anything and everything you hear on the radio these days. But uh, the Moog,
1: Oh, looks the like Moog. Yeah.
2: I mean, that was really the first like synthesizer that was put into a you know, kind of a little bit of a segue into movie soundtracks, but. Yeah, and it was able to. Uh, I think uh, Wendy Carlos had done "Hooked on Bach," so it was the, it was basically Bach pieces that was done on a synthesizer that Kubrick had heard. It's kind of similar to his um, two thousand one "Space Odyssey" story. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, to, you permit me thirty seconds. On, um, he had he originally drafted a sound. You know, worked with someone to do a soundtrack in two thousand one "Space Odyssey." It was um, rather poor, and he went across the street in New York City to uh, to then Sam Goody uh in times square and got a collection of uh, deutsche gramophone records um you know with blue danube and, and decided to use classical music as the whole of the soundtrack of that movie similarly hearing classical music done in a you know in a synthesized soundtrack fashion um influenced because there's a lot of classical pieces in clockwork orange that are basically done on synthesizers all well, synthesizer but the way like you know the, the telltale, you know, the, how it starts with the, the close-up zoom on uh, Alex's eye with a... Yeah. That's, uh, I think, A uh, Funeral of Queen Mary, which is a classic, um, uh, classical piece. Of, you know, composer's name escapes me, in a similar fashion. Um, it was done the same, uh, you know, that was used again for The Shining in 1980. It really adds that kind of otherworldly,
1: ethereal...
0: It's such a creepy score. Like everything like, about were, the score what, is so there creepy. There were
1: pieces that felt like they went right through you. Like, right.
0: Yeah. And that's the that's this movie. Like from the beginning, you're on edge. Yeah. You're like, what am I about to witness?
2: You Which know? is what
1: what I was saying. So when I was saying that, I thought Jack Nicholson was the third best part of this movie. I thought the best part was the music. I, the music was incredible. Yeah. And And I thought the second best part was Kubrick's directing because when when they say the man painted every single scene exactly how he wanted to paint it, it was like some of the shots he had, some it was insane.
0: Yeah. The blood elevator took like three weeks to get right for him. 3 weeks to pour blood out of a out of a door, you know?
1: Which well, oddly enough, it looked like cranberry juice in The Shining. It looked like cranberry juice like 30 years later in Doctor Sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 obviously of the time because he obviously only had what he had to work with you know but yeah. what yeah, he did I, I guess, it's amazing uh, it's, it's, it's
2: suspension disbelief worked for me I mean, exactly it like, it's,
0: it's still amazing yeah especially yeah, how he gets know. like you know the furniture to flood and like float away and it's mm-hmm. it's so nuts
1: so the first time i saw the shining i actually remember it so i was not a big horror or thriller movie fan as a kid i started getting more into horror and halloween once I hit like 13. So 2010 was the first time I saw The Shining. And at that point, I didn't appreciate it for the movie-making elements that we're talking right. about here. I saw it and I was like, this isn't scary.
0: Right. And that's, and that's a lot went of people. I
1: watched it as I got a little bit older, a little more mature. And I was like, the amount of character detail and the music and everything. Like, it's, it's not a pure horror. If you're looking for a movie that's going to scare the crap out of you. It's not The Shining.
0: No. If you're
1: you're looking for a movie that the music alone fills you with suspense and every scene looks like someone took as much time as needed to make it, then The Shining is such a well-put-together movie.
0: Yeah, and he famously went way over time to to make this movie. Mm -hmm. He was way over the schedule. Way over yeah. schedule.
1: This is my third favorite Kubrick movie.
0: What are the first two? Uh
1: Clockwork Orange is my favorite. And uh Eyes Wide Shut. No, no, no. I actually <laughs> like uh Stop Fearing and Love the Bomb.
0: Oh Doctor no, Strangelove. Doctor Strangelove. Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. I mean, Full Metal Jacket is probably up there for me. Yeah,
1: I do like um, Full Metal Jacket a lot, but the
0: f- the first half of Full Metal Jacket, yeah, obviously, yeah. I think is everybody's favorite because it's the early army basic training, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman scenes, mm-hmm. the most memorable parts of that movie. And yeah, I would say I would say probably for me, it's it's probably Clockwork Orange, Full Mer- Full Metal Jacket in this are my are my big Kubrick's. I mean, I enjoy Strange Love. I think it's okay. I think it's good. Yeah. But um it's most bizarre
1: out there. <laughs> right.
0: And I have never seen Barry Lyndon. I've never seen that. Um I've I've seen Eyes Wide Shut, but I also wouldn't I wouldn't good. Yeah, it's fine. But and I wouldn't I wouldn't that I put up
2: Especially you know. in the Epstein world we live in like right. some of those some of those like subtle like I mean, yeah, there are some serious uh, conspiracy theories behind that, and it has to do with his death. And, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah, well, let, let's stick with this for a second, because i like to just, like, segue real quick in the Go conspiracy for it. theory section. Do
0: it. I mean, with we, Kubrick, we, well so we we have, it.
2: Well, so, so with the Kubrick run, because, I mean, not only do you have – I mean, there's two things, and one and ties directly with The Shining, in that, you know, there's a scene well, – well, we'll start with Eyes Wide Shut and work backwards. With Eyes Wide Shut, you know, again – there's certain um i think it's the rothschilds um mm-hmm. holiday party or th- where it's like if you see some shots from it which are available you can google it um you're like wow those are some really funky masks and if you've seen eyes wide shut you're like they look a lot like the masks from eyes wide shut mm-hmm. supposedly you know being in hollywood and being amongst that kind of elite i think he had been open to some of those parties and some of those dealings with wealthy folk, and, and the choice of the mansion that he used in Eyes Wide Shut, which is, by the way, Bruce Wayne's mansion in uh, Batman Begins, and is based nice. in England. <laughs> uh, maybe, though, though the movie takes place in New York City, the entire film was filmed in, uh, in England, which is where Kubrick moved to not long after he completed uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey.
0: Yeah, it's where the Hedge Maze is in Shining. That's, yeah. in, that's in England.
2: And uh, yeah, just to this day, I mean, there's some really, really great analyses of Eyes Wide Shut, and what is the meaning of the various messages in it, and what are the, you know, what was Kubrick trying to say with it? Because he died during the completion of the movie, and while he was also then drafting uh, what became uh, AI, artificial intelligence, directed by Spielberg, ultimately. So yeah, so there's a lot of fun there. So we won't go into that, but as it relates to The Shining and some of the theories there, there's a portion of the movie where Danny's wearing an Apollo 11 sweatshirt. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, and what is the message of that? And how does that tie to? And I have to tell you, because I went, um, <clears throat> if you've never been to see a movie where the soundtrack is done by an orchestra, I, 2001 is my father's favorite movie. So I took him to see a New York Philharmonic doing the orchestra nice. backing with choirs and everything, nice. which, which was phenomenal to see live while you're watching 2001 A Space Odyssey. And if you've never seen it or seen it beginning to end, and to keep in your mind, this is A, 1967, and B, before we landed on the moon, pretty stunning, uh, What would you call it, art direction? or uh, Yeah, uh, composure. Know, A, innovation as innovation, far as- yeah. If are you know, talking religion.
1: about movie effects further time, nothing beats 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. But but as far as yeah, predicting, that movie, you don't get
2: Star Wars. You don't get oh, no, certainly not. I mean, it's I mean, like, you watch Forbidden Planet, which you know, I love. Forbidden uh, Leslie Nielsen, but that and like what what space was envisioned to be versus like this new modern looking view and everything that like pan ambing, You know, it's not not unlike Tesla these days. Just how how uh, predictive it is too, in terms of commercialized space travel. But also, I mean. You would watch it thinking, is this moon footage at some parts of it? Yeah. And that lends itself to the conspiracy theory of... Kubrick right. um, filmed yeah, the whole the,
0: thing. You well, know. I
2: mean, and even not to say that, like, oh, we never landed on the moon, talking about that kind of stuff, but was some of that, the, the official, the released footage, the way it was shot, if, you know, if you're a student of photography, there are certain thoughts and certain uh, theories behind did he have a relationship with Ness at the time in yeah. order to produce some of, at least the recording and the filmmaking, uh, you know, you can look into this, then Laurel Canyon, the United States military had its own movie theater studio. And this is all stuff. Listen to me now, believe me later. But <laughs> it, again, Kubrick's wound into it. And then for him to then move to England for the remain, born and raised in New York city for him to move for the rest of his life into uh, to live in England. Curious. Yeah.
0: There, there There is a lot of stuff there that, you know, yeah. you look at it, you know, was Kubrick just, like, kind of trolling people? Like, right. I'm gonna throw this in there just to fuck with people. Or, you know, you could obviously, you know, play the devil's advocate look at the other side be like, he did it on purpose.
2: Lots He's of, giving us hints. Impact.
0: He's lots giving us impact. hints here, you know? And I I would like to live in a world, though, where Stanley, Stanley Kubrick's movies are all real. All
2: right.
0: Where, like, Jack Nicholson actually did, is the caretaker... <laughs> a hotel somewhere and he's actually a ghost because the best part about this movie is we never see him actually being a caretaker it's always wendy Wendy's always the one that's checking oh, yeah, the boiler yeah, yeah, no.
1: Wendy Wendy takes care of the boiler she, she checks
0: the boiler. Yeah. she's the one that makes the food. she does everything. Yeah, yeah.
1: He doesn't do shit
0: but write the same thing over and over again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a typewriter, especially with like block quotes and everything. that's hilarious. and plus to speak to Kubrick and his um meticulousness with this his production, he had one of his writing assistants type out those pages right So at what point does he go, oh, put a block quote there put a block quote there. Make this like this. It's like, wait, you thought about all this? Like, if you were completely insane and writing all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy, and you
2: want to make a block quote of it, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> you know, There's something wrong there. <laughs> for
1: a single moment's thought, his responsibilities? My
0: responsibilities?
1: My biggest issue with this movie is the treating of Dick Halloran. You mean Scatman Crothers? Yes. Who, 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 by the way, like if you were talk,
2: when you were initially saying about your favorite acting performances, I thought that Jax was in competition with his because I thought it hit, Scatman Crothers' performance was oh, very yeah, no, very, you very memorable. My second favorite
1: performance in the movie. Jax is yeah, very
0: good. Sure, he is great. My, my obviously, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one that's out of the limb here. My favorite performance in this movie is of the man dressed in the bear costume giving the blowjob to the butler.
1: No. <laughs> my, my single favorite moment is is Shelly Duvall running in, looking at that, and just going...
0: What? <laughs> it's almost like she wanted to stop and go in there and be like, wait... I need I have questions. I need to I need answers right now. <laughs> Why is your ass flap open on this furry costume? Mm-hmm. What were you doing? Mm-hmm. Who are you people? <laughs> what party did you come from?
1: <laughs> so that's, I am someone that read the book for the shining. And that yeah, I read I, the book, yeah. We both read we've all read yeah, the book. Yeah. And I did not like that Dick Halloran was killed off in the movie. Well, there's that's and that's
0: also Stephen King's big gripe. There's a lot of differences with um, how this film right. is and the book is.
2: It burns down the, hotel yeah, book. the
0: book, the hotel is gone. It did burn yeah, down. He's almost pathetic. He's almost a hero right. at the end of that instead of kind of a villain in this
2: one.
1: Mm-hmm. Whereas
2: I, I mean, I, I watched him analysis. too. That I never noticed because one of the things you don't, you, might, you probably would not have noticed when he's waiting to get uh, interviewed. In the hotel what is he reading he's reading the playgirl. Play, playgirl playgirl magazine. that's right and there are certain like hints that really indicate that perhaps he's far more abusive to danny than one would think it's not, right it's not just the conversation that he has with lloyd so there's lots of just like very subtle things that's like wouldn't be surprised not to notice by, like a casual watching but yeah yeah there's lots of like very intense like dark elements to it that I think that really unsettled King because he wanted Jack to be a far more sympathetic character and that it was really the haunting the haunting yeah. hotel. It was somewhat a pet cemetery that oh again built on a, you know, a burial ground and yep. whatnot.
0: And I'm, I'm trying to remember because um, we mentioned Dr. Sleep obviously yep. and have you read Dr. Sleep? Too? I have. Okay Mike have you read I Dr. Sleep? I
1: haven't read Dr. Sleep.
0: Okay in the book At the end of that, okay, again, spoiler. I know
1: they changed the movie to sort of fix what Kubrick changed.
0: They they made Doctor Sleep fit with the movie and also with the book.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Now,
0: with the end of the book, Jack Torrance is very much a hero at the end of that because he helps Danny, a grown up Danny, with his. Mind prison ghosts. Mm-hmm. He helps the ghosts defeat Rose the Hat at the end. And he does, exactly. He does this little like hat tip to him, kind of like, that's for you, kid. Mm-hmm. See you later, <laughs> you know? But I can't remember if they do that in the movie. They don't, right?
1: No, no. Yeah. In the movie, they have, he has his like chat with Jack. When, because he's sits out right, at the right. bar and Jack's the bartender, that's and he's right. saying like, "No, I'm not going to take the liquor." He's like, yeah. "This is medicine." Type of things like Jack seems very antagonistic still, where he's right. like he's trying to make him get out of his sobriety.
2: Right. Yeah, and that's uh, this drink will cost me eight years and a whole lot more ahead of me. And, and they, I mean well, some people call it the, like you know, I not myself but you know, quote, the most powerful part of the movie because it's supposed to be like the father-son thing and that the son continues the sins of the father and right. the, uh, the intensity about what that, you know, the cost of that. And then it kind of gets, gets to the ghost because eventually the Jack ghost drinks the drink himself rather than leaves it for Danny.
0: And I would almost, I would almost in Dr. Sleep, I know the actor. They got a They got a different non-Jack Nicholson actor to play that role.
2: Uh, it's Elliot from E.T. That's right. You're right. That's Elliot, right.
0: I would almost yeah. rather they do like a Grand Moff Tarkin kind of thing, and um, I know it
2: was very distracting. And
0: CGI yeah, I in old school 1980 Jack Nicholson. I, well, I
2: mean, I wasn't really a big fan of them redoing some of the scenes from it. I mean, you can get away with it with the blood scene, and I guess kind of what the pressure was supposed to be like for Rose to have to be like, huh, like right. uh, I could give a shit. But yeah, it was almost like that was like you know the fan service member berries like it's like, yeah. like, like <laughs> almost like a production company required like wait, well, you, you can't do a sequel without you know, harkening back to like there was way too much of the uh, of the naked decrepit woman from room two thirty seven throughout the movie where I was like right, right
1: I, I, yeah I remember her right yeah
2: like, now, that's the only you know we have to keep reliving that that's what,
1: I I loved Doctor Sleep until the third act because i felt like all they were doing there was like you remember this from the shining right right, right.
2: hey remember the shining yeah hey remember kubrick remember the overlook hotel yeah it was, it was very much like yeah cuz i thought i thought the middle act i thought the for, for me if we're talking about the doctor sleep i mean i, I think both of you guys probably liked it more than i did i just saw it recently i saw the director's cut i haven't
0: seen the director's cut i just got it on yeah. 4k but i i haven't yeah. seen the director's cut yet.
2: and um and i think uh i think i saw red letter media review this too. Um, and they, they said the same thing that I thought was thinking. I was like, wow, this feels like a 90s King movie. It feels like the standard. It feels like, the, I, I almost think that, like, especially the director's cut, it would have worked so much better as a multi-part series. Mm-hmm. And the way that it was shot had this very, like, 90s-ish feel to which it, which I liked a lot. And right. I thought it, was, it really delivered that kind of story well. But ultimately, yeah. It, uh, maybe it was just the weakness of the director or the pressure of the studio, but it just had to lean a little bit too hard on The Shining at the end. I didn't get why Danny was so self-destructive right? and feeling like, well, I got to kill myself in the boiler room. I was like, wait, what? I thought you, you had a happy life. So yeah, I, th- feel like, th- I feel
0: like they could have brought the book ending more yeah. into it. Yeah.
1: yeah. If they went, i that's my gripe with The Shining. Had they gone with a more book approach, then Dr. Sleep wouldn't have had to go on with the corrective approach at the end. And you probably would have gotten a much better Dr. Sleep without detracting anything from The Shining. Even-
2: I, don't- yeah, I, I guess so, but they remade The Shining in the late 90s, which I, I saw when it was on TV. <laughs> much with, more to uh, Kings,
0: much more to Kings. Yeah, well, I think King
2: either did the screenplay or directed it or co-directed he it. it. He wrote it. He wrote it. And, um, wolf, yeah,
0: exactly. The yeah, well, there, that, there's well, a reason that, why Maximum Overdrive is what it is. You hey, know? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa.
2: There's no need to bring I I am not dis- Maximum Overdrive. I am not
0: disparaging Maximum Overdrive, that is a great cocaine fueled Stephen King movie. <laughs> I, I,
1: I think, yeah. But with so, I think if you have the same cast and the director from The Shining and just made it more faithful to the book you're gonna come away with still a great movie
2: but i guess that's kind of the hubris of kubrick and that he was kind of like yeah. yeah i don't think the book's that good that, well that's <laughs> the thing I, I think my i think my improvements are better
0: there's a there's also a famous story with him where he called stephen king at like 5 a.m right, right and he was right. like so is does danny hate his family or something like that and stephen king was like what it's 5 a.m what the fuck are you talking about he's like does he hate can does he hate the ghosts or something like that and king was like no and kate's kubrick was like i disagree and then hung up you know (laughs) it was kind of like that i was like wrong i hung up i don't know why i called i just wanted to hear you say that you disagree but to get back to the woman in room two it's it's 237 in the movie 217 in the book now the best part about both of these women in 237 the young version and the old decrepit falling apart version Mm -hmm. is this was both their first and last uh, roles for both these actresses
2: yeah left all on the screen
0: exactly now imagine that imagine grandma is telling you about her life and she's like oh i used to be an actor in the pictures oh grandma what role were you i was in the shining oh that legendary horror movie by stanley kubrick with jack nicholson's be- one of his best performances mm-hmm. what were you were you like you know were you the bartender were you like Shelley duvall or something like that well, who were you no i was the woman in room 237 Oh, okay. Which one? Well, I was the younger one. I was naked and hot the whole time. Okay. Which one were you? Oh, I was the old, decrepit, naked one. Oh. Great, Grandma. This is stuff I didn't need to know about you.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. Who? Wait, do we know who played the guy in the dog costume? Exactly. Like that's the other thing. It's like I was in a movie too. Some some English dude. (laughs) Right. Yeah, an extra. So So I was in a movie too. I saw the movie, that was my biggest question: what was going on there? Which in the when I read the book, I was like, oh, that's darker than the movie portrayed
2: it. But I mean, that was also I think part of the the effect of the movie is that like filled with a whole bunch of weird crap that you that's not explained. It's better exactly. for your mind to just go mm-hmm. on an endless imagine, like spin cycle, yeah, than for you to be like. It, see that and then that's again that's the problem with a lot of modern movies oh we need to explain, explain everything, everything and yeah oh, the origin story well, that's, so the last part did. of Kelly Duvall's right.
1: acting in the shining I just imagine her running around looking in rooms and they just show her like something really weird and she's like what the fuck is that right what the fuck is that right.
0: fuck? looking like uh looking like one of those like there's um there's like uh car dealership like you know wacky arm inflatable tube like flame man right. with like the knife she just she's completely just rubberized like running around with that knife and it's, it's so nuts it's like it's like here you go Shelly here's a knife run like you know I him.
1: have, a, I have, have it a with how Kubrick was treating Shelly Duvall when she had to get the facial expression that he wanted with her seeing the uh the butler and the dog or whatever in the room, yeah. he runs up to the room, looks in, and just sees Stanley Kubrick laying there naked, like one of the French girls. And she's just like, <laughs> just, I, here in the yeah. head, like, runs away. Like, what the fuck?
0: And <laughs> <laughs> just kind of runs away. It's like, oh, all right. I mean, I guess there's method and there's involved directors, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was wow that would very interesting man you know
1: wow, dude, <laughs>
0: no. yeah stanley kubrick famous uh famous jack black impersonator kind of <laughs> You know, <laughs> jack black before jack black was a thing but there's yeah again and there's there's so much about this movie obviously there's like the documentary room 237 which kind of delves into all of the stuff about right. this movie but one of the better, one of the funniest things I think about this movie is, again, we've gone on this podcast. We like to, just, we like to play who, who could have done this better or who we substitute in this role. And the, one of the best things is Kubrick originally considered Robert De Niro and Robin Williams as to be Jack Torrance. Mm-hmm. But the craziest thing is he deemed Robin Williams too psychotic after seeing him work in Mork and Mindy and he deemed De Niro not psychotic enough after seeing him in Taxi Driver. checks out. Yeah, so it's like, of the two performances, you're going to look at Mork and Mindy. Mm -hmm. That says a lot about Kubrick himself, to look at Mork and Mindy and be like, that man's insane. He is out of his goddamn mind, (laughs) you know? And then to look at Taxi Driver and be like, he's not crazy enough. Like, (laughs) like in that situation, he didn't take it far enough. I
1: think about one-hour photo, and that's a... Yeah. But it's like it's well, all these... Williams can do psychotic.
0: Yes, he can, but apparently not for Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> apparently he's way overboard for Kubrick. <laughs> like he I imagine Stanley Kubrick, who would have been alive to see Aladdin, probably watched Aladdin and was crying. Like this man is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this child's Disney movie. <laughs> this Robin Williams is unhinged. <laughs>
2: no, no, no
0: exactly oh my god what is he saying to me is this some foreign language i don't know i am in danger i fear for that mindy <laughs> you
1: know? to bring it back the shining this was one of the hardest decisions for what was the best movie and i think we went with the shining because it was a mix of great movie great performance and a bunch of people have seen it it's just great all around it really yeah. is and it's and it's, it popular. Point yeah, it's, it's a classic where I would say one flew over the cuckoo's nest is probably his best performance. I agree. But I'm not sure that we, as many people have seen it. I'm not. Mm. It's people. And, have seen and that, would, it. that
2: would be wrong for them not to be. Uh, yeah. Again, I watched that movie when I was a teenager in the late '90s. I was saying to Ross earlier tonight. Um, you know, it, it's just universal. It's just it, it's an amazing performance. The story is something that really draws you in. Nurse Cratchit is a terrific great villain. Great villain. Great villainess. And so I
1: believe One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when I was a freshman in high school, and we watched the movie
2: after. Oh, they had you watching, yeah. I, I See, I remember I first saw that movie Reference when I was, it was like 1988 or 89 Phillies, and I think I got like, you know, what is it, the, um, you know, whatever, the, the, the yearbook, the, you know. Right. The, the 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 seasonal book and it was Richie Ashburn's favorite movie. Nice. <laughs> and I was just like and one who flew over the cuckoo's nest is like a standout title. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, especially as a nine year old. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, so when I you know finally worked at a video store and I saw it, I was like, Yeah, I'll give it a go. Oh, Danny DeVito's in it. You know, I mean uh, uh not Christopher Walken, Chris uh Doc from Chris Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. yeah I mean just so many There's it's such a great ensemble of actors led by Nicholson just yeah. giving like a just a just a phenomenal performance Brad Dourif also that's right yeah
0: and that's um, <laughs> that's the thing with you know with Nicholson and obviously you see um like you mentioned like Richie Ashburn was like hey one flow of the cougars that, that kind of gives you that weird yeah. introduction and he was
2: an old hit at the time too well, so exactly. that to resonate with him
1: with uh the thing with Nicholson is it, like, if you include things like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Chinatown, The Shining, right. The de- the de- padded, padded. Uh, uh, if you put any of them as a better and not a best, you're disrespecting the movie.
2: Yeah. I
1: mean. Well, and like
2: I said, with Bucket List, like, it, it's hard to find a bad. Like, Mars Attacks, even. But even when, you, when we see the reviews for his, like, last one, it did lose $100 million. Right. It's it's not bad. It's not yeah. like you know. There's he's still bringing a quality performance to it.
0: And like we like we've said before, for all of these people, like Denzel and Angelina for Bad, Better, Best, it's never the bad movies are never because of them. Right. It's always because of the shit going on around it. Yeah. And it's it's funny because with The Shining and Jack Nicholson, it's the same thing. You know, Batman was my first probably introduction to him as an actor. You know, seeing that. Whereas for The Shining. The Simpsons was my first mm. introduction to him with the Shimming mm-hmm. and the treehouse of horror. I'm glad you where this up. it's where it's one,
2: like the, 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 the classic treehouse of horror. It
0: is. It's one of the most legendary ones. And it's one of the best parodies you're ever yeah. gonna see of this. The, movie. the
1: Simpsons are great. The early exactly. Sim- but
0: they've also done they also did one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Oh, really? Nice. Because That's at so one cool. point, Barney sees Homer is getting he's gotten a triple bypass right. and he's kind of unconscious and Barney goes to visit him in the hospital he says I can't see him like this and he turns and runs grabs a water fountain throws it out a open window and then runs and jumps out of the window and it plays the theme song from right, yeah. and he runs away <laughs> so it's it's these little like the little moments obviously obviously the trope of the Simpsons did it is mm-hmm. one that permeates everything so when it comes to The Shining, the only thing, the first thing I think of is The Shining. And I think right. of Groundskeeper Willie being the Doc Halloran, right. you know character. No and TV that,
2: and no beer make Homer. Something, something.
0: something. All you I need know. is a title. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's all that. It's, it's all these little things. It's like yeah. maybe cutting off the cable and the beard supply was what made the last people go insane. It's like, and it says the month <laughs> names as
2: the day. No. Right.
0: Yeah tell you what, Smithers, if we come back and they're all slaughtered, I owe you a Coke.
2: Right. <laughs> you know? I
0: know
2: to think. Wait, yeah. wait. I Hello! Wait. Hey,
0: wait. Hello, Lisa, I'm David Letterman. Hi, David,
1: I'm Grandpa, you know? That's,
0: that's I can't I'll
1: believe I'm. they didn't include, uh did they include Sideshow Bob in it?
0: <laughs> Sideshow Bob is not part of it, yeah. but Maggie, Maggie is the one that buries the axe <laughs> in everybody else after that, in the other two segments. <laughs> But, but yeah, so, it's,
1: I mean, when I look, so I was so Family Guy did an episode where it was like a tribute to Stephen King. That's and right. Shining was not one of the ones they did.
0: Right, that's right. They
1: did, uh, they did Shawshank Redemption, Stand By Me, and Misery.
0: And I think I think they specifically mentioned, it's like, couldn't you imagine Stewie like running around like the, the Overlook or something like that? Yeah. Anyway, here's Misery. <laughs> yeah.
1: <all> like <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this one, you don't like as much as the first or the last. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, with, with The Shining, though, I think Nicholson's
0: performance is famously unhinged because he was only given like cheese sandwiches and just kept on edge the whole time. And the best part about it is... It, Nicholson himself has been quoted as saying that Batman and the Shining are two of his most favorite roles to play. But like he loved playing both those roles. And you it really does come across in both those movies. And
1: I think around the time of the shining, um okay, who fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Can't I think of the writer. Hunter Thompson. Hunter, yeah, Hunter S. Thompson. Apparently he, I think it was around the time of the shining, was pranking Jack Nicholson. And <laughs> on his birthday or something, and he was, like, flashing a strobe light at his house, shooting a gun outside, playing, like, a (laughs) soundtrack that was blasting at his house of animals getting slaughtered, and left, like, a gutted deer on his front step. And Jack Nicholson was hiding in the basement with his daughter.
2: (laughs) That sounds like Hunter S.
1: There there,
2: there were boys, too, just like how Johnny Depp was tight with him. Like, yeah, that that was... uh... They were good friends.
0: Yeah, there's a lot about Jack Nicholson. It's one of his, obviously, big, the biggest thing everybody knows about Jack Nicholson, that's not being an actor, is that he's the world's number one Laker fan. Right. He is famously on, his, his seats are right behind or right next to the opposing team's bench. He is very well known for getting involved in games. Like, he will go onto the court and get thrown off. He doesn't give a shit because he's Jack fucking Nicholson. Right. But the other thing that everybody knows about him are his, like, famous friends. And he is one of those guys that, like, if I'm going to have a life and be able to swap with somebody for a day in Hollywood, I'm going to pick, like, an 80s-era Jack Nicholson. I want to know what that man's life was like. If he's got, you know, good friends in Hunter S. Thompson. He's got great friends in, you know, Brad Dourif, of all people, you know. And then there's Bob from Batman 89. That's one of his best friends. A little character actor, tiny character actor like that. I would love to see his day-to-day life where like he goes to lunch and just, I don't know, calls up anybody he would like to have lunch. Christopher Lloyd, my co-star, let's go have lunch or something like that. Danny DeVito, let's have lunch. He's Jack goddamn Nicholson.
2: I think he still has the same house he bought with his Easy Rider money. Exactly. And that's kind of like, you know, it's a cool, like inspirational story too because I mean his favorite actor was Marlon Brando. Yep. Moves to LA. Does gangbusters because he bought into a piece of Easy Rider because, again, right. Dennis Hopper and Dennis Hopper. Peter Fonda were his That's best right. friends. Exactly. What do you do? Buy a house next to Marlon Brando in the Hollywood Hills to to where he still lives to this day.
0: Imagine those, imagine those like barbecues, yeah. those summer barbecues. Like, oh, I'm having some friends over. I'm gonna invite my next door neighbor, mm-hmm. a little man named Marlon Brando. Anybody know this guy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like let's have him over. And then Brando comes over, being fucking Brando. Right, you know?
2: pounds, eating all the burgers.
0: Exactly. You're like, and you just have to keep going to the store just to keep feeding yeah. Brando. You know. <laughs> I
2: am
0: a mind. That's, That's so probably I where it came I don't from. Know, I was like Brando.
1: Brando would be like. <laughs> just, I, just, I could I could not give a fuck, Brando. Nope. And th- that's the thing. You pair, you pair
0: doesn't give a fuck, Brando, with Nicholson. Mm. I don't, I don't, I would love to just stand in a corner of that room and I, see what happens. And I, just, <laughs> I, feel,
1: I feel like they'd they almost have, like, together. a dick measuring
2: I mean, contest. They, they actually finally acted together in. Uh, Brando Nicholson? That? Give me a second. Yeah, finally he was able to act with his idol. Oh, yeah? In. Uh, it was right before he did Going South. So, late 70s.
0: Missouri Breaks? Yes. Missouri Breaks. I have never heard of that movie. Yeah,
2: I know. I guess it wasn't considered that good because, you know, you would think Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando.
0: 81% Rotten Tomatoes, 65% Metacritic. Yeah, it's okay. It's a dark, uh,
2: dark horse. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, and also, you know, speaking of, then we're just going to get into random Jack Nicholson stuff. Obviously, I rewatched The Last Detail for this mm-hmm. movie. Now I don't know, Mike. If you watched it, did you watch that at all? That. Okay, he played. It's got one of the more famous like uh, cover photos, where it's a shirtless um, Nicholson With wearing the, the navy hat and the cigar. Like you look at it and you go, "Oh, this is Freddie Mercury. This is a Freddie Mercury album." You know, <laughs> you think you think this is like a Queen cover, you know? But it's a famous movie because he is. He and um, his they got another guy in the Navy, his fellow servicemen, have to escort Randy Quaid, a very young Randy Quaid, like 20 years old Randy Quaid. He's a prisoner. He's been convicted of stealing $40, and he gets eight years in prison. And they have to, they have to escort him from um, Virginia to New Hampshire. Now, along the way, various things take place because they find out Randy Quaid's character has not done much in his life. So they get him laid for the first time, take him to a whorehouse, various different things. But at one point they they stop in New York and they go to this little like apartment, which is also like a church service with the no home no myo renge kyo is the big mm-hmm. chanting thing that they do. Now, Gilda Radner, that is her first T like movie appearance and first like basically on-screen appearance before Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. You know, the legendary Gilda Radner, RAP as well. But it's these like little things in these movies where, like, okay, Jack Nicholson's the main draw here. But holy shit! Little tiny Gilda Radner. Carol Kane plays a quote-unquote young whore in that movie, right. and then you say, "Oh, it's a it's an it's a young Randy Quaid, famous outlaw of you the know, you know the Hollywood you know glitterati that are trying to what is the star assassins that he thinks are after him now." Right. <laughs> but it's like it's these it's these little things where like you know this man because he's Jack Nicholson has probably become friends with all of these co-stars, oh, and then just to get like a pool party at Jack Nicholson's house. I can only imagine the people that would show up today, yeah. especially after, say, like an 89 Batman. You're getting Michael Keaton. You're getting Tim Burton. You're getting Billy D of all people at <laughs> these little parties. you exactly. getting Bob. Exactly. You're getting Bob.
1: Bob got a quote. Tell me what it's from. <laughs> I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself. You're good, good man, my friend. Come on. <laughs> the kitchen wage at Paul's Custom Awards.
0: Oh, that's right. That
1: is, you're right. That is Ted's
0: sign that he had above yeah. the sink. <laughs> that is right. Yes, Ted. Uh, Ted is famously the kitchen witch at uh, Paul's Custom Awards.
1: I don't oh, give a damn. <laughs> what you think your title do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did not bring up a few good men yet, though. I, well, I don't, well, yeah, I, I, that's I, the I chimed
2: name. in with it. Yeah, it, it did didn't It's kind of one up. of his best performances.
1: It man. is
0: one of his best, especially and.
2: because, similar to Rorschach from the Watch from Watchmen, it was a character. I mean, it was written by you know, very lightly political right now. Um, the guy that wrote, um, oh, uh, West Wing, uh, what's Sorkin? His name? Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin, yeah. So he wrote it and he wrote it based on, I think, his, his, either his sister or his cousin that was a JAG, was a Navy judge, advocate, general attorney, and not it, the it, CBS show, JAG, right? Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm sure it was probably really uh, influenced by it to, to, to make it a viable property, right? The point being that Jessup was kind of written to be a villainous, you know. A, 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 you know, a, a, not someone that you would admire, but I think in retrospect, I mean, other than obviously the uh, death of Santiago. Yeah. I mean, he kind of voices and, and presents an argument that's like, yeah, right. That is the attitude of people that do defend America and that are in the Marine Corps and whatnot, you know, it, it provided despite, despite the efforts similar to um, who's right for the Watchmen, who are the comic book? Oh, um, Alan and Moore. Alan Moore. Alan Moore, like like Famous that, crazy person, that I was know. almost that was almost his caricature of a hard right wing. Worshek is probably one of the favorite characters yeah. from Watchmen, He's yeah. not the favorite character from Watchmen. He's most so, well known,
0: probably.
2: Yeah. So just as far as the portrayal, and as far as like certain people kind of looking to those ethics and morals, and uh, embodied by uh, Jack Nicholson,
0: beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it's and that's the thing, like. I'm I'm hard pressed to think of a role that you couldn't put a, in his prime Jack Nicholson into and not get gold. Right. You know, it's and I'm, a, I'm
1: dancing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, wait. Hold on. Wait. Okay. Now we're gonna we're gonna ask the question here because I think I know what you mean, but I also want to see if you mean the other. Are you gonna make him Patrick Swayze or Jennifer Grey? Because <laughs> 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 I think he'd be great as either. <laughs>
1: Or even Jerry Orbach. Well, okay. I mean, we saw with the we saw with the Joker where he could clearly dance. So <laughs> right, exactly. But I mean, that, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I'm think I'm trying to think of. We haven't talked
2: about Prince. That's who we haven't talked about this podcast.
0: I think I mentioned it once, but yeah, Prince's soundtrack in really Batman '89 is yeah. it's it's legendary. It's it's right up there with Lawrence. the score for The Shining. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Wait, it's, wait, it's wait, but. uh. It's a shame that we didn't get a seal singing in Batman 89.
0: One of the great losses of the, you know, the Tim Burton Batmans. You know, we didn't get Kiss from a Rose in one of those movies.
1: My my favorite, this moment from Kiss from a Rose came. It hurts more now because it's a Kobe Bryant moment. (laughs) R.I.P. Where he he was on a... (laughs) He was on celebrities read mean tweets where it's, it's it's like Kobe looks like a guy that really enjoys Kiss from a Rose by Seal and he starts singing it he's like I do.
0: Yeah, why not? I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. Kiss by, by a you. rose oh, on the grave. i you making So much. <laughs> you.
2: A light on the dark side of me. <laughs> well, how about the uh, YouTube hold me, thrill me, kiss me,
0: I am on record in various different places as not being a YouTube fan, yeah. but saying that that is their best song that I enjoy. <laughs> it's probably because Ridiculous. of Batman Forever. <laughs> no, I hate Batman
2: Forever for its actual orchestral soundtrack because it went from Danny Elfman,
1: who you know from the Simpsons again. We mentioned the Simpsons, Simpsons script, Simpsons theme the song. I think Elliot Goldenfall. We're going to have to do an episode where we talk Marvel. about like the Simpsons movie or something. Like we bring up like the South Park movie, the Simpsons movie,
0: or their various different you know animated parodies that they've done. Mm. You know, we could
1: yeah, uh, got Team America age like wine. It's, it's, it's still great. You <laughs> bring that up in the Matt Damon episode. That was brought up It was.
0: You're right. Matt Damon did come up. Yeah. But <laughs> So yeah, no, all all of this to say that yeah, I think we have we have thoroughly covered um, the Shining by you know, Stephen by uh well Stephen King and Stanley Kubrick.
2: It's good. Watch it's, it. Read
0: it. Yeah. Bottom line, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's what it say.
1: might be the best movie we've covered so far on the podcast.
0: Easily, I, I would think yeah. of, of that and Ricochet. I think are right up there, mm-hmm. one and two. That yeah.
1: and uh, Angelina <laughs> Jolie. Packers is close.
0: Yeah, and salt, as, oh, as salt. Steve mentioned, salt is Angelina probably right Jolie
2: there. <laughs> Tomb Raider 2, Cradle of Life.
0: <laughs> I I am on record, like I said, and I'll stick by it. I don't care. Like I said, I don't care if it gets stoned in the streets. Lara <laughs> Croft is one of Angelina Jolie's best performances.
2: Because
0: uh, she's I an, an actual character.
1: Better than the reboot. Absolutely. I was a big Tomb Raider video game fan, hated the movies, won't watch them again. What's
0: that? Mike, you just your eyes just need to be open. You need to be open to new things and new you, experiences. You mean
1: have to like do acid or something before I watch them to enjoy? Well, it. Yes.
2: <laughs> so you like neither the new nor the old Tomb Raider movies? You didn't see the new one with the uh, the Danish girl? No. The, I didn't from, the new Tomb Raider movie. The chick
0: from Ex Machina, whatever yeah. her name was.
2: She's a Danish girl, right? I think I did on the MTV Movie Awards with uh, was it Tracy Morgan? Right. He's like, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna act just... out all the, all the
1: nominated awards <laughs> of the year. It's like, it's
2: like
1: look Wait, at me, I'm, I'm Danish girl. Up in this episode yet? I, I, think I did. I just wanted to make sure. Got to get the key on him. He
0: was uh, oh, he's been brought up numerous times. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, well, is, is, is but uh, also, you were, now I'm, not you're making.
0: Oh, something's got to give.
1: Yeah. Something's got to give. Yes.
0: Jack Nicholson and Keanu, and something's got to right. give. We have played six degrees of Keanu yeah, we're Reeves good. so far. We're good.
1: <laughs> I can't wait till we actually do his episode. Oh, hey, hey.
0: Careful. Whoa. We don't want to give too much away. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, we've covered Shining. Do we want a final beer check in?
2: Well, so, I mean, Mike, how's your you beer? Hold you drink? on. I got to do the, uh, well, for my my portion of it, I'm going to. Do my own paraphrase of Easy Rider. Well, in this case, it doesn't apply to us. Here's to the first of the day, gents. <laughs> so, DH Lawrence. and he takes a drink. Uh, Nick, Nick, Nick. Fuh, fuh, fuh. Ah, Indians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was Easy Rider done by Steve. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Paraphrasing.
0: End scene.
2: Hair. End scene. <laughs>
0: And I would like—I would like to quote—I um, would like to quote the last detail, where he says, "I'd like to give a toast to Batman, to Superman, and the Human Torch."
2: <laughs>
0: so that's cheers. <laughs> now, Steve, so having done that, how is your drink going? Good. Good. Yeah. That's all we need. Mike, how's your beer?
1: I, as I stated before, I finished all four of mine.
0: There you go. Yeah, I think, we're, I think we're pretty great. So, you're Glastown Brewing, right? Yep. And mine's the Depadded Souls Brewing Company.
1: Be, I, this uh, is highly
0: recommended. Old brew ice highly recommended.
1: Yeah, I'm really going to recommend Hoppy Pills.
0: There you go. And Steve? And, uh,
2: depending upon what you're feeling, either the James B. Beam Distilling Company or, alternatively, the Jack Daniels Distillery. Yeah. Both of which are, lo- well, James Beam, located in Frankfort, Kentucky. Yeah. And uh, Jack Daniel's located in Lynchburg, Tennessee.
0: These are little distilleries that I don't think anyone's really heard of. We need it's, to get I mean, the name out it, there. And
2: an important qualification: Jack Daniel's is not a bourbon. Bourbon Jack is a legal a term, Tennessee. much Tennessee. like champagne.
0: It's a Tennessee whiskey.
2: Yes, it's a
1: charcoal-filtered
2: no.
0: Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. So shout out to the small, the small distilleries that we don't really yeah. get to on the I show. Mean, Jack they,
1: and they Daniel's, the or uh, Johnny Walker.
0: Yeah, we don't really. No one really mentions these. There so are, we got We got to get their name out somewhere.
1: They're
2: artisanal, but they are sustainable.
0: Exactly. So, now, like we do every time, we'd like to do a final segment that's sort of semi-related to what our main topic was. Now, for this one, we had had a bit of a.
1: This episode's going to be long, by the way. No, it's fine. Jack Nicholson, come on!
0: All of his movies are like over two and a half hours long, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) All right. Well, for this one, the final segment is we're doing Baby Jack, which who people of the right generation will know is famously Christian Slater, and his. The beginning of his career, it was very much linked to oh my god, this kid's doing a Jack Nicholson impression. He looks just like him and he sounds just like him. So we're gonna go through maybe real quick our favorite Christian Bale performances. Not Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Christian, Slater. <laughs> Christian Slater performances, sorry. We're gonna do Christian Slater performances. So, as our guest, Steve, why don't you get us started? What, what would you say to your favorite Christian Slater mm-hmm. performance is?
2: Well, um, you we were missed because it's my girl's here movie. movie. Um, Clarence in True Romance, ah, very good, be high up there, which is kind of like semi doing a Elvis impression.
0: That's right, Elvis. Obviously uh, features in that movie as well. Always
2: like Clarence. Always, <laughs> will. always will. And then also uh, him as Will Scarlet in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He fucking cleared it.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now I, again, I Kevin Costner. He, I can't watch hey, it. Don't, no, 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 don't you disparage Kevin Costner.
0: Don't you disparage him in that got, movie. Well, similar, he is trying his best. It's similar watching
2: Charlie Sheen <laughs> and, uh, you know, Kiefer, Kiefer in uh, Three Musketeers. He, right. he, he can't be hung up on the accents part. <laughs> right. It's about the performance. It's
1: about but her. now, now, what so, I will <laughs> say, is <laughs> Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Uh, Alan Rickman. Yes. All right, babe. All right, That's babe. That's one of his best... Uh, yeah, I'll cut I'll your horn out with a
0: spoon Why a spoon, governor? It's dull, you twit It'll <laughs> hurt
1: me. Alan Rickman always delivers
0: <laughs> Always? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was great uh, God oh, damn, I can't believe it I hate that we lost him so early Oh god, I hate that But yeah, so Mike, what do you think? What about, what about Christian Slater to you? You're also the I'm young blood, I'm so maybe you have with, a different point
1: I'm going with Not a movie at all You going, Mr. Robot? Mr. Robot.
0: Of course. You would. You would. Again, think
1: outside of the box for once in your life. Mr. Robot (laughs) is like my fourth favorite TV show ever. So I am going with it, Ross.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things I love about you, Mike, is that you will always have a very specific number for your favorite thing of something. You know, this is my fourth favorite performance from him because, like, you've obviously thought of about 10. So now you're at four. (laughs) It's
1: very common. This is my favorite Clershine Slater performance Mr. Robot. Is in my top five favorite TV shows ever. So again, watched.
2: again with the top five. Like this kid comes r- random ass things. It's my fourth favorite TV show I will only watch. But it my God, you can't. Today,
1: I cannot say enough good things about this show. A his performance as the titular Mr. Robot, which you know yeah, I'm not going to. Who the is, Mr. Robot? I yeah. I won't. Oh. Spoiler. I want,
2: yes.
1: <laughs> could have appreciated spoiler. I'm not going to spoil anything about the show because him being Mr. Robot that's not a spoiler
0: yeah but it, I mean oh, yeah. at this point
1: my god is he great in this and between him Rami Malek uh Carly Chakin, and Martin I don't know how to pronounce his last name properly Wallstrom I think sure sure but this show is amazing And he is the second best person in it. Rami Malek's the best, but.
0: Well, yeah, I can see that. And, again, it's, well, it's Christian Slater. It's, now, obviously, being a little bit older than you, Mike, Steve and I being the same age, we have a different frame of reference for Christian. So, we've seen his early work, we should say. His his peak. Peak Slater is what we're
1: seeing. I I did see True Romance, which I would say is the least out-of-the-box pick for,
0: no, I mean, well, there's that. Yes, it's great, but there's also, you know, you can bring up Heather's. Um, this is yeah, my official that's pick. What I
2: was thinking Heather's saying, is yeah. great
0: too. Heather's is a great one, but my, I think I'm going to say my official pick is Broken Arrow, because it gives us the. It's his performance is fine. It's okay, but that movie gives us the legendary Howie Long scream, <laughs> <laughs> which is what. <laughs> <laughs> It's, so, it's such a great movie. But there's also very bad things. Very bad things is one of those movies where, like, if you were watching Comedy Central in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was on every, every two hours. There was just marathon.
1: Really? That is so, the Howie Long screen. Bringing up Howie Long makes me think of one thing and one thing only, and that is a line from <laughs> Big Mouth. What <was laughs> it again? That is a line from Big Mouth, and that line is, "Why are, uh, Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long are in the shower together, and why does Shannon Sharp want to get in there?" <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> 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 Scott is such a good show, but yeah. So there's also very bad things. Very bad things. It's almost like um, well, also Interview
2: with the Vampire.
0: Interview with Vampire. That's right. As the
2: interviewer.
0: That's right. Yeah. Very bad well, things. Originally
2: supposed to be River Phoenixes.
0: Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, man. All right, bummer. Man. Or young Indiana Jones. Uh, but yeah, very bad things. It's kind of like if The Hangover were a murder mystery. Right. You know, it's kind of like that. But there's a, there's a lot. He's also in plays himself in Zoolander, so there's that too. Okay. But
1: there's... he plays himself in like when I looked up his uh, like everything he's acted in, half of his performances are his character is Christian Slater.
0: Yeah, he's also he's also does a voice on Archer, where he's essentially himself but a CIA agent.
1: Who (laughs) be doing guess who? Christian Slater. Uh, let's see, where? Uh, oh, he was in Rick and Morty. He he played a character in Rick and Morty. He was
0: on the 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 what is it? The uh, oh shit, not the Violators, but um, uh, oh, what the hell was it?
1: Version of the Avengers.
0: It was the, um, he played Vance Maximus yes. in, um, God damn it, why can't I think of that fucking episode? The vindicators. vindicators, Vindicators, that's what it was, you're right. Which he, I like would the cool argue vindicator. is like one of the worst episodes of Rick and Morty, but. That's nah, fine. Rick and Morty's had some rough episodes, but that one's fine. I I enjoy them because he plays like the cool drinker. He's supposed to be like Tony Stark. In like, Archer, cool his cool character
1: artist. is Slater.
0: Yeah, he plays himself essentially, but as like a um as a CIA agent.
1: Uh, two and a half Men, Christian Slater. He was on Two and a Half Men seriously. What? He was on Two and a Half Men <laughs> really? one episode as himself. Was
0: it what year was it? Was it the the, uh, the, uh, the Charlie Sheen
1: years? It was the uh.
0: The, the, the Ashton Kutcher years,
1: Ashton Kutcher years. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right. I don't. I don't think Charlie Sheen would have let that happen. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's Christian Slater. Yeah, it's funny because Christian Slater, like his his early roles were always Peggy Desby and Jack Nicholson ripoffs. You know, it's kind of like the stuff that Jack Nicholson didn't want to do, or like young Jack and like it. Jack Nicholson were a young man. He probably would have done at the okay, time.
2: I, I see it. Like, I see people making the comparison, but I think like, when you actually see his substantive acting performance, yeah. I never got like, oh, yeah, this guy's doing, like, a Nicholson impression. or. A Nicholson
0: it really song, it really and, is super. Well, fun. that's all. I also yeah. don't
1: think he ever reached the level of Nicholson.
0: Oh, no. And, and well, who really has? Yeah. You know, okay. who really has? But. Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> oh please! Not even that. Like you could put you could put Jack Nicholson and Daniel Day Lewis on the street in LA. I guarantee people walk up to Nicholson first.
2: <laughs> like, well, they talk about Kurt Russell and Escape from New York. He's doing an Eastwood impression, and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. He's doing a John Wayne impression. Once when, when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I see. He is doing that impression. But with Christian Slater in any of his performances, I don't think to myself like, oh yeah, he's trying to pull off Nicholson. He's no, it's it's really it's
0: just delivery and, voice and look and, and look. He's got the eyebrows. Yeah, he's, he's got, got the yeah. eyebrows. He's got the grin. You yeah. know, he's got he's got a look that you know, young Jack Nicholson
2: kind yeah. of had.
0: You know, it, and it is obviously we do this as jokingly as a segment on this show, but it, it really is to to pinhole him as you know, young Jack Nicholson. It's a compliment and a curse. Yeah, because at yeah. the same time. He looks setting
1: the like, expectations for Jack Nicholson.
0: Yeah, exactly. He and looks he, like but him, but we're also plays. comparing
1: to Jack Nicholson. So, right.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so that's that. We've I think we've fairly we thoroughly covered that, and uh, this was the bad, better, best for Jack Nicholson. So, Mike. Obviously, we have another episode coming up that Steve unfortunately will not be on, but we do have a guest for that. So, who is the guest for next week? Uh,
1: that would be my friend, good friend, Jr. He uh, is involved with the MCM podcast and Monmouth County memes.
0: That's the other half, right? We've had Max on. Yes,
1: Max was on two weeks ago talking about Captain America.
0: That's right. And he
1: is also the he's the co host. They're the co hosts of the MCM podcast.
0: Yeah, are we and ever getting so on that kind of podcast? We ever what, getting
1: on there? Yes, we are. We. Uh, they want to do, I think, a Danny DeVito episode.
0: Ooh, I like it.
1: Or <laughs> Kevin, I think they're thinking maybe Kevin Smith as well.
0: Either way, pay I'm the good. Troll,
1: toll, to get into the boy <laughs> gotta pay the troll, toll to get in.
0: That's the, right, yeah. And also,
1: the, they want to do a big. They want to do a big New Jersey like joint podcast where we're our friend mm-hmm. from New Jersey memes, and we have a couple other friends who run meme pages in New Jersey.
0: Nice. And they have, they have a nice little studio set up there. So that'd be, that'd be fun and interesting to get into, but all right. So Steve, since unfortunately you will not be on, you will not have the benefit of giving hints for the next episode, but Mike, Mike, what's your hint for next episode?
1: Uh, I don't know how to do one without giving it away. Come
0: on. You can do it. Think my friend. Think. It shouldn't be that hard. It should not be that hard.
1: hard, But if I give a hint, it's going to give them away.
0: I could come up with something crazy say like spongebob with a pencil Ah, pencil. okay so he has killed somebody with a pencil that's what you're saying yes mine is it is the long teased long-awaited episode that everyone has been waiting for (laughs) And,
2: and mine is whoa
0: <laughs> and Steve even gets in on it. All right. <laughs> so that wraps it up. This has been Happy Hour Films, Bad, Better, Best for Jack Nicholson. I have been Ross Bacon. Our guest tonight has been my great friend, Steve. Thank did you. you have fun? Yes? Yeah. <laughs> he did. That is the yes right. from Steve. All right. And my co host has been Mike McGuigan. Say have goodbye, good Mike. Night, everyone. <laughs> All right.
1: Via is. That's right. And are,
0: we,
2: yes. <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. <laughs> so long.